Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking off they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got the drop, the homie Biggie has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So out a long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball to more need a folk folk smoking on my logo ready for the world and we so so silly with the flow somebody called a popo heard the lanes and i swear they so so too much love for the fame just to go broke you said like i had the rap game and the trope card i was like i got the whole world on the rope got to think of damn dog you crazy is he the next jay-z my crystal ball is hazy but i don't know maybe welcome back to the insanity chick podcast your host chris here on the mtr network with the insanity chick podcast uh, if I'm sounding a little tired right now, it is because I am. I am fucking exhausted. Uh, I am still recovering from New York Con. I am not going to fucking lie. It's just, it's been a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I, I can't, I'm actually looking forward to uh, the 4th, uh, even though I have to work on, I have to work on the 3rd. What the fuck? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the 4th of July, so I actually don't have to go into work that day. Even though, <laughs> we will still be recording that day because we're going to be doing part 2 of Peter Parker Character Corner because I don't know when to take a break really so um yeah joining me all the way uh i'm assuming you're still there right you're still in canada right you're still in you're you're, you're still in the place that um we 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 used to make fun of but now we kind of wish we were (laughs) (laughs) uh my mayor uh rich jones joining me here all the way from uh montreal quebec and um let me just say um i saw an image of um Justin Trudeau, and it was like he had like on the rainbow socks, and he was like shaking hands with a little, little girl dressed as Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "All we got is Trump." I got we like at this point, America will never be will never be able to recover from this. Like, like we we the jokes are over. It's done. Crazy man. Hey, let's just put it this way: he belongs to you guys too. Okay, you can we can share him. I promise. We get him on weekends. Okay, I'd appreciate that. That I works. Appreci- you I, can I split it three days, four days. That's cool. We can do that. I, I appreciate that. Like, it, no it, problem, it's, a, it's to the point, like, listen, and, and look, I understand that, you know, for the super radical out there, that, you know, Justin Trudeau and all the world leaders are representing that imperialistic power and blah, 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 blah. Here, see, I don't give a fuck. 
I'm living under Trump right now. <laughs> I'll take it. at this point. I take Terrence and Phillips from fucking South Park at this point. Like I'm just <laughs> look. We're we we're in no room to complain right now. Like I'll at this point. Yes, I will take anything. So I don't really give a fuck. Like every now and then I'll see someone's like, well, he's not perfect. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Uh, perfect is so far away from what we really need right now. Uh, I'll take. I'll take be able to say things in complete sentences. Can we go? Can we go with that? Can can exactly. we go? Can we go with not being a shit muffin on Twitter? Lowest bar there. Like we're just one day without a scandal. Just I, I'm just we gotta take baby steps here. Like America, we're we're fucked. One day or twelve hours? I don't know, man. Every every moment could be another crazy thing that happens, man. I can't I can't call it. He woke up this morning it. and went back to the thing that got him in trouble yesterday and yeah. went back at Joe and Mika on, on Morning Joe. Like it's just he can't help himself. It is just I'll take anything at this point. Uh, he's the most insecure person I've ever seen in the public. I mean, it's just <sighs> There's no words for it, man. It's every single moment you check on Twitter. I dread going. I dread going on Twitter because I just know what happened now. Like I, I have that fear in my mind, in the back of my mind. And yeah, every time I check, I see he did something again, or someone said something stupid, or he offended another person, and he was misogynistic about this, and racist about that, and homophobic about this, and xenophobic. He he just he won. He tops himself every single time. It's. It's crazy. It's our it's our new power. It's our new superpower. Like they say, oh, America's a superpower. Yeah, our new superpower is to have a world leader who uh, literally offends everybody at least three times a day on an off day. Like that is yeah. that that is what we're dealing with right now. It, it is just like I literally wake up one morning and go, oh, well, I wonder what you did today. Like it's just it's a number. It's a never ending bowl of shit a living in yeah. under trump and the great thing i love about it is uh you can't even say i didn't see this coming he has always <laughs> been this way like that is the most insulting part right there like when i'm watching now the media go well who would have predicted that he wouldn't have done? i'm like everybody literally everybody who's ever known anything that donald trump has done or any way donald trump has been would have been able to predict this yep, yep. it is the most and man jo- Good. My bad. I was gonna say Joanne killed it today, man. She oh, yeah. wrapped that shit up in a bow and was like, "Here you go. This is what you. This is exactly what you call for. You you knew what was gonna happen, and you know Mika and Morning Joe and they said, "Oh, we didn't see this coming. He's a changed man. We don't recognize this person. I mean, it's just the enablers, man. They come up with so many excuses, and um, it's a shame. It, it really is a shame." It is, it is a complete shame. Uh, the the funny thing, and I'm gonna come back to the Joe Mika thing in a minute because there, there's there's even more hilarity with that in, in a second here. Uh, if I can mm-hmm. find out where I put it. At. Oh yeah, here we go. I'll bring this up in a minute. But um, so uh, you're you're talking about the day with Joy and Reed, right? Yes, this morning. Oh, yeah, this morning. she went off on that uh, panelist. She didn't go off, but she just wrapped it up and kind of said, "Hey, man, you know what? We we knew, we we knew what it was. You guys, on the other hand." So you guys said, "Oh, we don't really know." So she right. she wrapped it up real good. So Shout I saw. To Joanne. So I saw her last night, right? And last night mm-hmm. she's on with a GOP strategist. It wasn't her show. I can't remember who was running the show. And mm-hmm. the entire time she's basically laughing at the GOP strategist who was literally distraught, 
This person's like, I can't believe this. Like, you know, what are we going to do? Like, he, 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 he's ruining the, the, the GOP brand. And Joy the entire time is literally laughing, going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you, you, you guys knew that this was what he was, and you guys didn't care. Um, so the idea that all of a sudden now you care is actually quite hilarious because everybody knew this. Um, and at one point she got the, um, she said something. Oh, so the, 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 the GOP strategist was like, well, yeah, you know, um, you know, he, 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 his, he's not, he's not mush, moving us forward on healthcare and he's not doing this. We should be doing this. And I implore the president. So Joy just, it's Joy acting nice and calm, just sat there and asked, just briefly was like, what is his position on healthcare? Like, what does he believe? And like the the because it's not her show, she couldn't like really press it. But the, mm-hmm. the GOP said had no real answer. She because of the the fact of the matter is what Joy was saying was right. It's like he's never like had any actual position on anything. Donald Trump's positions ebb and flow based off of crowd reaction. Yep. That is it. So yep. when you're trying to sit there as a GOP and going, well, we want him to, you know, take leadership over health care. He doesn't know enough about health care to do that. And he has no interest mm-hmm. in learning about health care to do that. You know, he has no interest in learning the, the decent, you know, people used to complain about Obama being, you know, uh, too in the weeds. And he was too, uh, too focused on the details. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of miss that now, don't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, he doesn't even read the Coles notes. No, he, he he just it's all reflex. It's everything is just off the cuff. And, you know, you know, how he does that thing where he repeats the same word mm-hmm. like three, four times. It's like he's trying to convince himself of the shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, he he yeah. that's exactly what he does every time. Yeah. I mean, he he's literally an idiot. I mean, that's really what it is. He's he is literally sure a moron. And. Uh, white people in America, they elected a moron. But um, anyway, I was talking about yep. uh, you know, uh, Joe Scarborough and and, and Mika. And at this point, you know what happened. You know, uh, Donald Trump went out and said some mean, misogynistic stuff about Mika. And um, t- the truth of the matter came out that she actually did have work done, which I thought was hilarious. And um, th- to make it even messier, for those who don't watch Morning Joe, what makes it even messier is there have been rumors about Joe and Mika being together and, and, and uh, for a while just because their relationship just seemed unnatural a little bit. And then exactly. er, like a month or so ago, suddenly they, it just came out of blue that they came forward with they were in, they were engaged. Like it wasn't even that they were dating. It's that they're engaged now. I'm just like, huh, that's weird. Come to find out apparently <laughs> – Apparently Donald Trump knew and involved the National Enquirer and then that was coming out too to talk about the messy story. So the entire thing is this entire this entire thing is a mess. And hundred percent. It's a hundred percent a mess. And look, Donald Trump is hundred percent wrong here. He's really more mad at, at at Joe Scarborough, so he's attacking the woman in, in Mika Brzezinski, and that is what he does. He normally always goes and unless it's Obama, he'll attack a mm-hmm. woman because he has serious issues with women. Again, something that we've known. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But I don't really give a shit about this white on white violence and crime because, um, mm-hmm. Joe and Mika caused this. So, uh, if you remember yep. back when, um, Donald Trump was mocking that disabled times reporter, yep. this is how morning Joe covered that. The New Jersey draws the prober's eye written by a nice reporter. Now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Ah, oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. I, oh, maybe that's what I said. 
This is 14 years ago. He still, they didn't do a retraction. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Oh. In an oh interview God, with Breitbart really? News. What Trump, a show. You guys. <laughs> a serious issue, I would, you can't. No, no I just, I just love his imitation Stop. of the guy. And you know what? There is no. one element of truth to what Trump's saying that is true and funny because the poor Washington Post reporter <laughs> writes this mm -hmm. at the time. Okay. And now he is really willy backing up going, oh, I don't know what I saw. I don't, well, listen, if he in case you you don't you don't understand what just happened there, uh, that's Joe Scarborough actually laughing at Donald Trump, laughing at and mocking that disabled Times reporter. It was all good just a week ago. Everything was cool, right? It was funny. Um, it was a joke. Everything was fine. You know, Mika just sat there and shook her head. Joe uproariously laughing like he's at a Chappelle show. Yeah. You know, stand up. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. And then now all of a sudden it's too personal. Oh right? yeah, now all of a sudden it's okay to mock a it's okay to mock a disabled reporter as if that's that's well, correct. Well, okay. to be fair, to I be see. fair, now Donald Trump is coming after the woman that Joe Scarborough loves now. Um, of course, he, you know, not the woman he loved before when he got divorced, but the woman he loves now and is going to get married to and is having a show with and um, was being messy and they were cheating, you know, cheating behind everybody else's back. But you know that is. A, Again, this is why I don't give a shit about uh, Mika being laughed, uh, Mika being made fun of, or Joe being. Made. I, I care about the fact that the pre the office of the president shouldn't be stooping down to this level, but that's right. it, and that's the base level mm -hmm. I care about. I was seeing a bunch of stand for stand up for Mika, and I was like, uh, I don't think so. Mika didn't stand up for the rest no. of us, so I ain't standing up nope. for her. So uh, yeah, never no. once, man. Yeah. They, and they had ample opportunity to, like you said, they enabled him from the beginning. Man, I remember. I I, I don't know. First of all. I don't know, Chris, how you even are able to have the energy to watch Morning Joe sometimes because that shit out of every single show on MSNBC, in fact, really out of any show, that is the show that just drives me up the wall the most. Like for my pops, like for him, it's more uh, Chris Matthews. He hates Chris Matthews with a passion. Oh, you, 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 mean, you mean he doesn't he, the shit out of him? You mean he doesn't like he doesn't like Chris Matthews uh, asking a question then before the person can, can can respond, asking another question. Then when the person goes to respond to that question, and he uh, Chris Matthews answered that question for him, then answers another question, then goes on to another person before that person can speak. You talking about he doesn't like that? Oh. Who doesn't who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like that kind of hard hitting, you know, cable news host where it's really just a host ranting and the person there uh, who gets brought on to for expertise purposes gets maybe two words in for an entire segment. Oh my goodness, man. I'm telling you, he can't stand him. So every time my pops mentions Chris Matthews, I'm like, pops, don't you know that Joe Scarborough, even though Chris Matthews is a piece of shit and he's the worst, man, Joe Scarborough takes it. He's so fucking pompous and narcissistic and just stuck up and he knows everything and then he cuts Mika off before she gets a chance to even have any sort of opinion and he just... He's just a know-it-all. He's such a fucking piece of shit, this guy. I can't stand him, man. So, thanks, for my, thanks for my new job. I, I, I leave so early that sometimes I miss Morning Joe. Um, but mm. I definitely stayed and waited a little bit on Friday so I could hear them uh, talk. And you know what I found interesting? The most interesting thing about that on Friday when they when they came on at the top of they, they said, oh, Joe and Mika were going on vacation. But they're coming in and to respond to Donald Trump at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock. You know the funny thing I love mm -hmm. about that is? They get in, and again, Mika's the one that really got attacked. But who yeah. gets to talk first and who gets to talk the most? 
Joe Scarborough. And does he yep. and is he really defending the woman he loves? Like like um Donnie Deutsch actually like dropped all pretense and he was seemed to be more angry and more like you know Meet me, meet me in Temecula. Like he seen more meet me in Temecula than fucking Joe Scarborough did. Like, like, like Donnie George was like, Listen, I don't care if I never come back on this show ever again. But let me just say, Donald Trump is disgusting. He has the audacity to talk about other people's looks. He is disgusting. He's a disgusting looking human being. And he has the audacity to talk about other people's looks. Like Donnie George, George didn't care. Joe Scarborough's like, well, no, this is what really happened. And I'm like, oh, okay, because you got to realize also that you were actually feeding into the Trump monster as well. And so now you're still trying exactly. to, okay, you're a piece of shit. Um, Shows how much of a coward he is, man. He's been like that from the beginning. And, uh, you know, just the fact that he's on MSNBC doesn't mean he's a, a stouch liberal or doesn't mean that he's a progressive. He's just a piece of shit who kind of clouds it in this, okay, well, let's give Trump an opportunity to, you know, speak his mind and let's give him a chance to speak his side of the story. Maybe it's not as what it seems. And he's just an enabler. And, and, and Mika sits there and just shakes her head all the time and just lets that shit happen. She's, they're all, bottom line, they're all complicit. And that's all I care about. If you're complicit in this shit, I'm not going to fucking stand up for you. Stand up for me for what? No, well, for, for what reason? The, it doesn't matter. The interesting no, thing no, about I'm Joe and Mika here. are, Joe is a, like, th- these are not journalists. Joe is a, <laughs> Joe is a former <laughs> He still is technically kind of thing. Once, once, once a congressman, always a congressman. He's a he's yeah. a right wing congressman from a red district in fucking Florida. The one of the assholes of America, America has many assholes. All right, but one of the assholes mm-hmm. of, of of America, Florida, and he's from the reddest yep. state, uh, some of the reddest districts in Florida. We're talking about him. Well, I'm from where I'm from from my district and my everyday man in district. I was like, I think you're. I'm pretty sure your district is like above the median. Uh, income level for everybody else and like what you the way you talk about it and where you're from like that is not like everyday america that's literally mm-hmm. right wing uh um way above upper middle class to to uh, uh uh rich you know talking about this shit like what are you talking about like yeah. that's what joe scarborough is he's not a journalist he's not a reporter he's literally just and the only reason why he gets any kind of you know, sources is because he is a former congressman and these people are his friends. Yeah. That's that's the only reason. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, Absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, so you are de- literally the first person, I believe, that we've had on the show uh, that, that is not in America during all this stuff. So I got, I've really <laughs> yeah. got to ask, you know, I, I, I it, would, it would just be a terrible, terrible of me, a terrible show to ask. Like, wh- how is, how is this looking from the outside looking in, like, like it, yeah. it, we're not as America, we're not usually in that position of everybody looking at us going. You see, it's usually us going. You see what's happening over there? Oh, fucking yeah. savages! <laughs> like, what is this yeah. like looking at it from somewhere else, and especially somewhere that's so close? Looking at, it, looking into the America, going, what the fuck is going on with those, those, those fucking Yankees over there? Like, how is that? <laughs> yeah, man. I think from my perspective, uh, speaking to my family, you know, obviously. Uh, being a black male here in Canada, you know, racism still exists. So I, I do see a lot of people here who are cool with Trump and are really not seeing it as a big deal. Like, oh, he's not going to create a World War Three, and it's not that big of a deal. And Trudeau won't let him, you know, sort of step on his uh, on his body Qu- and sort of what, what, de- determine, uh, question, determine right? I should say, what will be uh, the the future of Canada. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some people who look at that that way but then there's also the liberals here too who um 
who see America as sort of like a melting pot of racism and that, you know, we don't really want to visit you guys as much as we used to. We don't want to sort of invest because we feel like anything could be taken away and anything could be changed. There's a lot of Muslims here. Uh, so shout out to them. They they don't feel comfortable, you know, going up to, to Plattsburgh, New York and feeling like, can I get back? You know, if I want to come back home, can I, can I get back home? Um, so that's, that's definitely, there's, there's a, there's a yin and yang here for sure. But there, overall, I would say Canada definitely feels uh, definitely a little uh, starstruck at how we got here. Uh, but at the same time, we also kind of internally reflect and go, hey, you know what? We're lucky to have free healthcare. <laughs> We're lucky to be able to travel where we want, you know, within our country and not feel like, you know, that much more uh, discriminated against as if we were in the United States and we are black and we're driving down, you know, the California highway and we get stopped by the police. We don't have those sort of uh, fears in our minds. So we, we definitely feel, um, we definitely feel better that we're up here up north for sure. So let me, because you said there are definitely some people who don't see Trump as, you know, as a, as a threat and they're, they're actually, oh, uh, you're doing the right thing, security. And so, uh, I got to ask, oh. it would be so awkward. Are any of them wearing like "Make America Great Again" hats? Oh yeah, I saw them. Um, the night, the the night, the second night. What was it? November? Is it November twelfth or November eighth? It's November eighth. Or 9th. November eighth. Okay, so November ninth. Perfect. So I walked into our equivalent of Dunkin' Donuts here. Um, I was going to pick up like a croissant or something like that, something simple, get some hot chocolate, whatever. And I saw a dude wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat, and I just, I I walked in, I saw him, he looked at me, I walked out, because. I just was so filled with, I didn't even know if I could withstand staying in that area with someone like that who would sort of make fun of and act like this shit is a joke. Um, so yeah, there are people who definitely have that racist mentality even before this guy, you know, Agent Orange or whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. I try not to say his last name for the most part, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people here who, um, who, who feel like, you know, he's another white man who's going to, lead us to the promised land and, you know, make America great again and make trade great again and make China pay for this and Mexico pay for that and da-da-da-da-da. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of racism here for sure that goes undetected because I think a lot of Americans, I think you guys might not sort of see it because Canada's known as, you know, we play hockey and we drink maple syrup and uh, we hang out with beavers and all that kind of shit. Mounties, right? Mounties. Which is true. Cause well, well, yeah, a lot of uh, Mounties and moose. So it's like uh, Mountie police, absolutely, yeah. with those big ass hats looking all stern yeah. with the, you know, red get up, all that stuff for sure. But at the and same Drake. time. And Drake. Like, uh, <laughs> that, that's the other thing too we know about Canada. So, like, well, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. claim him, but you know, I know I'll, the story. Yeah, but just, just. <laughs> I definitely don't. I'm I'm all Kendrick Lamar. My girl's gonna hear this and she's gonna say, "Oh, he said it again." Ooh. Kendrick's my guy. I'm gonna just put it out there. That's <laughs> that's my guy. So the Drake thing, no, I, I don't mess with that. But going back to Canada, yeah, de Canada definitely um, has a lot of institutional racism here that's been in existence from a long time. For example, myself, I'm a Black Canadian. I'm seventh generation here, so a lot of people feel like hey, like, you're from Canada, how is that possible? You're black, okay, where are you really from? Da, 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 da. That's usually the kind of question I get. And, uh, yeah, we are our product of uh, Underground Railroad. Um, Harriet Tubman coming here and our ancestors coming to try to find a little bit of a better situation, some more, some more freedom. So we came up here in, like, the 1700s, and, you know, we're still here to this day. So uh, racism definitely has not gone anywhere. Uh, they destroyed our neighborhoods. They've 
created desolate situations, underprivileged situations for black and brown people all across this country. So it's not to the level of you guys, no doubt about it, obviously, but it's still something that's uh, it's in our DNA just like it is over there. Sure. Well, well, like, uh, again, I'm not completely up on this and, you know, uh, but I was seeing, you know, the news that, that Trudeau's under getting some some heat right now uh, from indigenous people <clears throat> yeah. in, in Canada, uh, uh, things going on there. So but that's the interesting thing I always find about. Um, particularly about black Americans here, like we always, Mm -hmm. and and I guess because, I mean, when you're living in a system that is systemically, you know, set up against you, um, Mm -hmm. everything look, the grass always looks greener on the other side. So always see people Mm -hmm. saying that, you know, uh, it was a lot of that, uh, people who could say they were like, if I could, I'd leave this country and I'm getting down and going where, and I would always ask like, where are you going? Like, unless you, unless you have family somewhere else. And even then, like, this doesn't mean that the racism just stops because your family's from there. But it's like, where are you exactly. going? Like, there's racism everywhere you go. And there's anti-blackness in particular everywhere you Absolutely. go around the world. So where mm-hmm. are you going to live and not have to deal with that? Like, it's it's everywhere. So, you know, the, the cutting and running thing has never been one of the things that, I mean, to me, visiting other places is great. Love going overseas, you know. We talked about it when we went to Iceland last year. It was great, you know. We didn't really at that time we didn't experience any racism, but we know it exists. We know it's there. Um, but yeah, it's always just, it's, it's always interesting hearing people who who actually are living in these other places going, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it's not like you know end of times, but like you know you're not out running racism, right? Like it's still it's still here. <laughs> There's still going to be people that look at your black ass and go, ah, oh, fuck you. You know, it's just so yeah. it's it, I guess it's a matter of levels and, and what it is. And and I think also to some people, it's, you know, thinking that they can go somewhere else. And uh, I think the class thing, too, is like maybe I go somewhere else and I can make, you know, a better life for myself. And somehow, you know, if I make more money in another in another country, I'll be viewed at differently. But uh, we also know that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing either. I mean, like. There's all those stories uh, a few years ago about, you know, uh, Oprah and Oprah, remember when Oprah went to like, was it France? And like, mm-hmm. there, there was like, it was like some, at that store, like, right? yeah, it was at that store, some race shit happened with her. It's like, that's fucking Oprah. Mm-hmm. Like, look, that, that ended any idea of me living anywhere else in this world. When mm-hmm. Oprah can't go overseas and not deal with racism. Oh, fuck it. What hope do I have? That's fucking Oprah. Exactly. <laughs> that's Oprah. Well, I mean, all you gotta do is listen to Kanye West. He said in that song with mary j blige that he stopped letting racism affect his life a long time ago so mm-hmm. all you gotta do is just stop you know oh, yeah, yeah realize that racism is just a you know something in your mind yeah like a ben carson would say and uh and just get over it you'll yes. be all right <laughs> look i've been listening to a lot of last podcasts on the left and i've been listening to their uh because those guys are crazy yeah you know, those guys are crazy but i've been listening to, it was a way it's a way for me to it's a way for me to literally no pun intended kill time as i'm driving to work yes. my, my commute's like an yes. hour hour and a half so it's my way to mm-hmm. get through so i've been listening to a lot about serial kills but i'm, I'm listening to their um l ron hubbard one right now and so oh. the whole the whole the racism's all in your mind thing it's like oh my god somebody's been listening to reading fucking dianetics yo what the fuck man <laughs> My mind immediately went to that shit. It's like, see, see, this is what's wrong with celebrities now. Like, you guys start getting so susceptible to this bullshit. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Listen to those guys. Um, uh, it 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 might not be good. Uh, I told my girlfriend I was listening to that, and she, 
And so, and so she was like, "Oh yeah, let's listen to it too." And I, I'm, I'm trying to finish the last. The, the, I'm waiting to the last part of the. Because they do, they do these, these, the, the, the little things in, in parts. So I think I can't remember. Who, right. I think are they doing right. Timothy McVeigh right now? So she's like waiting for the third part of the Timothy McVeigh one was the current one. Yes. And I was like, "Yo, oh, I'm not. So yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not on the current one. I'm going to the backlog." And I was like, "I just finished yeah. up the Jack the Ripper one, right?" But she had moved on to the conversation, something else. So all she saw was, "I'm listening to, Jack, I'm, I'm listening to Jack the Ripper right now." She goes, "Is there something you want to tell me?" <laughs> and I realized I was like, yeah, I did really just listen to almost six, seven hours about the most brutal serial killer, you know, famous serial killer we know, man. Like, it's just eh, kind of a problem there. Might need to slow it down a little bit and uh, push back on that one. So, um, hey, man. yeah. Shout out to Phenom because Phenom from Where's My 40 Acres is my dog. He, uh, he put me on to the last podcast on the left years yeah. and years ago. He was like, yo, I heard this podcast and he was just talking about it, and I was like, let me check it out. And I think I've listened to maybe 80 85% of all their output. It's Those guys are, I mean, they just come up with so much material, and Henry is just off the wall, and his impersonations, yeah. and it's just it's just a really, like you said, it's a really good uh, way to kind of distract yourself from the, um, from the bullshit. But I must say one thing. One thing I envy of uh, our fellow Americans is, like, we don't have large concentration of black people here. Um, yeah, there are certain little cities that will have, you know, more black people, of course, but as you know, with that comes, okay, that's an underprivileged area, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of relate to a lot of people here because I don't really have that many black people in my neighborhood where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? So that's why a lot of times on Twitter, Twitter's been great for me because I've been able to connect with people like yourself and, mm -hmm. and Rod and uh, Phenom and whomever, this whole, you know, industry of Twitter has really been a great way to kind of connect with my fellow black brothers and sisters because for me I don't have that many people here that I can relate to whereas with um you know on Twitter I can really I can engage with you guys in a way that I really can't hear so that's been a big bonus for me I, you know what I think it's a bonus even here in America I mean we do have those concentrations of people but um <clears throat> I think that Twitter and just social media in general has allowed us because, like I said, a, a lot of the podcasts and networks you hear and people you, you, you hear us talk about and talk with, we mm -hmm. haven't met ever. <laughs> you know, like I said, exactly. like the, when we did NegroCon, it was literally the, the first time a lot of us are meeting in person for the first time, particularly on the NPR yeah. network even, you know, so it's or like second yep. time meeting. So um, it's all because of social media and it really is helping us. Again, you, you the most innovative people on the planet are black people and the, the mm -hmm. and, and, and the most resilient people are black people. I'm sorry. And it's not yes, me are. trying to down all the race or anything like that. It's just that yeah. after being put through so much and given so little, um, we find ways of building that community no matter what. And we're always things that like, we are the trendsetters on everything. Like social media wouldn't be what it is right now. If it's not for black people, it just, it just wouldn't. And we've built Absolutely. these communities, you know, you know, black mm -hmm. Twitter has become its own entity of, of a thing. And honestly, yep. without black Twitter, I honestly don't think Twitter would be as successful as it is today, um, which is shitty Absolutely. because when you see how they treat us, same thing with Facebook and um, yep. uh, Justin from three fifths podcast wrote a really nice post on like the mm -hmm. audacity and ridiculousness of the algorithm Facebook uses to ban and block people, which uh, spoiler alert is basically to protect white men. Um, hundred percent. And this is great. Man. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just like, 
but I mean, through all that, when we, we build these, these bonds and these, these relationships and you have, you know, thousands of miles separating people and they, they're still able to get together and host shows. Like I said, we, you know, when Shannon, Shannon and the doctor get together, I mean, anytime they do a mm-hmm. podcast, it's literally 2000 plus miles separating the both of them as they do a podcast because one's on the mm-hmm. West coast, one's on the East coast uh, and yep. they do it. And so, um, and we've, we've built bonds and fr- fans and friendships and communities off of that stuff. And, you know, that's just, you know, it's, it's a, I think that, um, yeah, social media and the way we use it has, has really been a way for us to help, you know, us, us get, you know, build those bonds and I think move the community for, forward. I think, I think the black community is at the, at the, the forefront mm-hmm. of a lot of these real diversity inclusion mo- movements because of that. You know yep. the the you know the movements of a diversity diversity inclusion, um, they all center black people, black women in particular, um, because of social media and because so many of it's given a voice to black women that allows us to kind of go back and be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe you know we need to start listening to them more, you know, and 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 it's, it's spawned yep. an education campaign and people are learning and it's been slow progress, but. It's progress nonetheless, and um, yeah, it's all thanks to social media. Because without that, you know, the black women would be saying the same thing they're saying now, but they'd be doing it to the blockhead dudes who, you know, it's it, it strength in numbers. You know, the more the more yeah. the more black yeah. women say the same thing, the more their voices are amplified, the the better to tell you the truth the world is. So yeah, hundred percent. And I must say, like I said, my girl obviously she's going to listen to this at some point. And uh, you know, as two black people here, we definitely we watch we look at twitter we're on netflix all the time we're always engaging in american culture which is black american culture and so uh i can think back to uh, a lot of podcasts where i heard you know karen you know have one of her moments where she just kind of lets it all out and it's so inspiring to me um it really touches me and it makes me understand like you said that we do need to listen to black women i see your growth too chris like i said straight up from like 2008 from like when the election happened and I remember you said it's a wrap and you and Rice were just like ecstatic and everyone remembers where they were in November 2008 uh, to now like our growth as black men, we have to do more. We realize how much we have to do uh, to, you know, impact our young, you know, cousins and nephews and everyone else who we need to understand that they need to respect black women every single time, no matter what. And that's important because a lot of our uh, culture doesn't really it doesn't really speak to that. It kind of right. does the exact opposite. So, well, you know, uh, Black yeah, Twitter yeah. has been a huge, huge. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, you, I, it's always great when you remind me that you are one of the uh, the the, the, the long standing uh, followers and supporters <laughs> yes. of of uh, back when we were just the insanityreport dot com and we had the insanity check and we literally had what I would consider one of the worst shows ever, which is us and two mics <laughs> going through in my basement. And yeah, listen, so I appreciate the idea of sticking with, especially through all those terrible times we not just sound quality, just in views as well. There, there was, there's been a lot of growth since then. So to hear people that are, like, I've met somebody else who was like, Oh yeah, no, I've, I've been following you since like, I think you went back to like 2010. I was like, Ooh, I still wasn't that good then. I was just, Ooh, that's, <laughs> Mm, I had some for views sure. back we then. We all have room to grow for sure. But, and back in 2008, again, I, I can't stress enough when you when you mentioned um, it's a rap. I'll never forget how impactful that was. And maybe you were in your basement and it wasn't you know the 20,000 followers that you probably have now and the amount of growth that you and Rod and Phenom and everyone has done. But uh, 
But yeah, it's it's those little steps along the way have made an impact on people across the world, as you know now, because yeah. we were with you at that time, and we can see how you wanted to grow and how you listened. Um, you listened to black women. I listened to black women. I use my lady every day as an example of a black woman who can teach me more than I can ever know from anyone else. You know, so it's it's yeah. it's been great. Yo, and for people who don't. Like, cause I do remember that. I, I actually do remember what was happening that day. So for those who don't remember, we did a live show the night of the November election in 2008. Like when Barack Obama was going up against, uh, John McCain, we, cause that we had been doing our lead up to, you know, the stuff. So we did a live show. Uh, we're, we weren't in my basement. We were in Rice's house. We we're at Rice okay. at the time with the, with the, with the host. We're, we're, we had the one laptop out and like, we might have had two mics at the end, but I'm pretty sure it was still one mic. Um, set up in her, in her, in her living room. We're watching the election live. We're doing a, we're doing a, do we, do, were we doing, a, I can't remember if we were doing a live show or if we were just doing it, recording it. I was going to put it up the next day. Either way, we're watching yeah. the election results come in as we're, we're recording, we're doing the show. And mm -hmm. I think what it was is I think he got Virginia. And that's when I was yes. like, yo, it's a wrap. Like it's done. Yep. Like he's, he's won. He's got Virginia. He's got these states. There's no way that McCain's gonna win. Like it's a wrap. It's done. Mm -hmm. And I think we ended the show early, and that's when. We, so we ended the show early, and then we went down to U Street to see because everybody, everybody's just partying at this point. Like at this point, of course, everybody's partying. It got super, super black. We're down off of Florida <laughs> Avenue, and, and and then we go down. The, like we're just we're just going around. Like people at this point, this is the first time I've ever seen this too. People are walling out. Like there were people ghost riding their whip. Down like Florida <laughs> Avenue, right? And like there were people climbing up the trees and climbing up the the, uh, the signposts and stuff, right? Just acting wild. And I'm like, damn, what are the police doing? <laughs> Yo, no lie, there's a police officer standing on the side of the road, just looking at, it going, ah, fuck it, you know, got it. <laughs> like it was at that like it, 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 it was a moment when like this is and, and this is why it's such a stark contrast. Eight years later, when you get Trump, like yes. the reaction to America when. When, when, and we know like, some of the white people, they, they had the wrong intentions and the wrong idea about what it was to vote for the first black, black president. But at that point, you could see a moment of joy in everybody at that point. Absolutely. And, and, and I do believe, and it probably won't happen. I'm, I'm, I'm making this prediction now. Probably won't mm -hmm. happen in four years. But I think after eight years of Republicans fucking up, you know, that's going to happen again because people are going to realize how fucking stupid they were. To protest vote or to not vote at all or to say, well, it doesn't matter. Both sides are the same. Like, people are going to realize how stupid that is. And go, because again, it was this, it, unfortunately, things go in cycles. And people didn't realize that's what happened with Bush. That it was, oh, well, both sides are the same. And oh, well, we're going to do this. And I'm going to protest. I'm going to vote for Ross Perot because that's going to be funny. <laughs> like, and it wasn't funny. What you got was way fucking worse. And so we go through these cycles because, again, America's, Education system is trash, and that is the foundation of this country and why the country has gotten so bad because we've eroded the, the education system in here. So what happens 100%. is, yeah. you know, eight years from now, the people who were all revolutionary like we got are going to realize that, fuck, sometimes you got to make compromises, and they're going to vote smartly, and they're going to do that. Um, then what's going to happen, you're going to get the new generation of people who aren't going to have the education background there, who are going to come in, they're going to, they're going to, their, their first president is going to be whoever the next, the, the next Democratic president is going to be, and they're going to say, well, we want more. Instead of saying to build on that 
and say and push it, they're going to want to shut everything down and start all over again and not realizing that we have tried that before. And what that leads to is eight years of terrible Republican, like, moral debunk, the, the, the fuckery. Like, they don't yeah. understand that. And, like, there were so many of these younger people we were trying to explain that to. It was like, listen, dude, I was in your position. I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're thinking. But that's not how it's going to work. Like, it's not going to be this this magical revolution of, oh, well, you know, we're going to get Trump and then magically everybody will wake up and we'll just move on and we'll become a progressive nation overnight. Like, that's not what's going to happen. Like, like it, the progressive nation of America that people want, they want to happen in their lifetime. And I don't think they realize that you need to start now and you're fighting. If, if, if you're alive now and you're old enough to vote, you're not fighting to see the progressive America you want to see in your lifetime. You are fighting for your kid's lifetime. That's yeah, what and, exactly. and, and that is a part that so many of these radical revolutionaries don't understand. They don't want to be they don't want to understand that this is a long game and that you are not going to live to see this. And that exactly. is fine as long as we're making progress going forward. That is the sacrifice you have to make. That is the sacrifice technically we're all making. We unfortunately yes. are not going to see that because unless unless 38% of this country just dies like tomorrow and it's the bad 38%. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Cuz the other thing too exactly. you got to realize is there's still another 12% that aren't the deplorables, but they're okay with the deplorables if they can kind of get what they want sometimes. Exactly. You know? Yep. And so it's like mm -hmm. we don't understand that like there's too many people here. This is not like if this is just one state, I can see that. But yeah. like as a as a whole People are terrible, and, and, and nobody explains that more than America. Like, the people here are fucking terrible, and we have generations of terrible on top of generations of terrible, and it's not changing any time. Like, it is a generational thing, and it's just it's a lack of empathy. Like, we talk about racism, but there's just a lack of empathy that yeah, permeates sure. through generations of Americans. And until you fix that, nothing's going to happen, and that takes time. And that takes generations to undo. And like again, like I, I get this idea of we need it now, we need to do it. I totally get it, but unfortunately, right. I just can't believe in it because I don't believe in people enough. Honestly, me neither, dog. And you know what? It's the audacity of Hope Shaw to Barack because, you know, his book. I read it. It was incredible. Barack is just a like we know a beacon of hope, man. The guy just, you know, he was here on June sixth. He came to Montreal, man. He uh. He came and did a, a did a speech, and um, I mean, you want to talk about a rock star, man? This guy, <laughs> I was able to get tickets for my parents, and they sold out in what four minutes? Uh, yeah, and there were only six thousand tickets, and he sold that shit out so quick. Um, people were scalping them on StubHub <laughs> for I think like six k. Oh god, crazy! I'm I'm serious, and <sighs> they, they they went, and honestly, my mother doesn't like to fly. My pops, same thing. They're afraid of flying. They're obviously watching the news now. They don't want to go to the states no more. No offense to you guys, but they're just no, I, they're just I, not feeling it right now. I, 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 just, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Exactly. So when they went to this thing, man, I'm telling you, like this was better than any vacation. This is better than any um, uh, lottery win uh, because for them to kind of see him face to face, obviously they weren't you know super close to him, or whatever, but they got a chance to be in the same room as him and kind of just feel his energy and feel everyone else's energy and you know us as canadians we're sitting here listening to barack speak 
so not just <laughs> eloquently, but just speaking, like you said, full sentences. Deliberately. He's deliberate in every, and, and that's something that we yes. didn't appreciate back then. Like there would be times when there would be a police shooting of black people here and other black people on Twitter would be like, well, no, he's trying to, he's trying to be too careful with his words. I'm like, cause he has to be like, there's, yes. we're now seeing what it's like to have somebody who doesn't speak deliberately and yep. it's a disaster. Absolutely, man. And that audacity of hope, man, he, when, when she came home, my mom, she was like, look, you know what? I know this shit is fucked up, but I still like after tonight, I'm <laughs> not so much reinvigorated, but I feel like, you know what? Maybe there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, you know, because after all, since November, everyone's completely just desolate in their expectations of what the fuck's going to go on down south and really across the world because obviously whatever affects you guys is going to affect the entire world and we're North America we're your neighbors like we have you know I believe a, a, a great relationship and you know we go back and forth and we have that sort of relationship it's but debatable we don't now want but that okay well <laughs> yeah but we don't want that to end because right. of this fucking jackass this fucking right. clown you know exactly. what I'm we don't want that to just whisker away just because he decides to put his dick on the table Mm-hmm. And you know, shout out all these Putin guys and all these guys who literally are trying to destroy the world, as in, like, not in the James Bond sense, but in a real sense, they're trying to really fuck the shit up and blow up this entire world. And he will be complicit in that. And obviously, the Americans who voted for him, <laughs> hey man, you got what you wanted. Don't fucking complain about this shit, Mika, Joe. Don't complain about this shit now just because all of a sudden it's affecting you personally. Don't do that shit where you all of a sudden in general you're like, oh, well, it's okay, it's fine. And then all of a sudden something literally affects you one-on-one. Now it's, oh, okay, you went too far. Don't do – don't play me that shit. That's that's crazy. I, I find it um, – two things in a story I want to move on to. Um, one, I always find it interesting the people that want to blow up the world always assume that they're not going to be living on the world and then it blows up. It's like you do realize oh, we're going to tear down this system and build another one. I'm like you do realize a new system will be built on your bones, right? Like it's, you are not going to survive this. So you do realize that, right? Like you need to understand that what you're proposing is a suicide mission and you are not living through this. Like you will die. Like it's not going to work. Like they're always that person that like they're that, that, that person who, uh, 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 I've been reading the, the new Darth Vader cause we're doing a I'm doing a combo book club after this. And that's a new one. Nice. The, the, the last one that Karen Gillan run, uh, I was rereading it today and it reminds me of that one moment. Near the end, uh, Doctor Alfrey, uh, she she goes to the Emperor to try to snitch on um, to try to snitch on uh, <laughs> Vader, and the Emperor's like, "So you're telling me that Vader did all this stuff behind my back?" He goes, and "Vader goes, well, maybe you do have what it takes." And she goes, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you, know, you don't go. Yeah, you're over here snitching for the person thinking that it's going to help you, but in the end, you're going to get stabbed in the back. Like that's not how that fucking works. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Um, and then two. Can I just say because it makes a lot of people mad. I've been seeing a lot of articles from left and right people on this one. I love the fact that the like uh, all of the Obamas, particularly uh, President Obama, I still call him President, and, and the other dude Trump. Hell yeah, um, that's my I still, I still, I still, I still I don't even I, live yeah, there. That's I, my president right. all day. I, I love the fact that uh, President uh, Obama is literally doing one of those things that 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 like uh, celebrity women do when. Uh, they, they then they break up with their celebrity husband who was cheating on them with you know hookers or something like that. And he's literally they're going to award shows, looking stunning. They have a glow about them, and they're literally like and and, and like mm-hmm. and like like right now Obama's like uh um la la where uh um 
Camelo was trying Carmelo? to yeah Camelo Camelo Camelo's over here texting texting birthday messages to her on Instagram like oh look at this beautiful lady the love of my life and like oh, you just want her back she's not coming back she's not coming back and that's what oh, that's what Obama's doing it's like Obama's out here glowing he's doing all these expensive mm-hmm. trips he's living his life like I saw some people uh, apparently Fox News was like he's some people are upset because Obama's living the life of the rich and famous I'm like well he is rich and he is fucking famous so uh, you put the two together uh, that's Obama so yeah. That's what he's doing, guys. Uh, he's all over the Go place. Yeah, he's he's all over the place, going to different, meeting different leaders and things like that, and mm-hmm. and, and literally being <laughs> like, like this is a one time I'll agree with fucking. He's literally being a shadow government. Like we just need to send like what they what Republicans need to do is secretly go and talk to Obama, beg him to do this, but literally send an Obama after Trump comes out of a place. Like, so Trump goes to like Germany. And then send Obama into Germany after Trump leaves to to smooth things over. Oh. Like like that's what you need to fucking do because that's the only way this is gonna fucking work. Because that's what I've been seeing right now. Trump does an overseas trip and it goes to disaster. Then Obama yeah. goes somewhere and everybody's like, oh look at Obama. Like o- Obama met like Merkel in Germany and they like you said yes. it was literally like a rock. It's a goddamn rock campaign. Yeah, that crowd was, was bigger. It looked like an inauguration dog. It was crazy. It was, it was like 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 Angela Merkel literally met with Obama on some. Yeah, I need to wash Trump the the, the stench of Trump off of me and let me meet with mm-hmm. Obama and literally have a rock star campaign and a rock star moment with Obama. Like it is fucking hilarious to me, and I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for sending the shadow government of Obama over to different places. <laughs> To meet, to smooth things over. It's like, yeah, look, 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 just stick with us for four to eight years, and then we'll. We promise everything will be fine. We'll get out of this. You know, just, just. I know, I know. He smell. He has. He has small hands. He's disgusting. He's fucking afraid of stairs. I know. I, I get it. Like he he needed he needed to, he needed to hold hands with Theresa May because he's afraid of fucking stairs. Man, fuck our, that nigga. I can't stand that guy. Oh, the leader man. of the free world is afraid of fucking stairs. And he has small hands. Uh, anyway, all right. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the good folks over at TweakedAudio.com. Tweaked Audio has been a great partner to the MTR network over the years. And they have a great product. If you listen to this show, then clearly you use headphones. Unless you're one of those assholes on public transportation blasting music over a speakerphone. Don't be that person. Pick up a pair of earbuds or headphones from Tweaked Audio. They have over-the-ear headphones as well as various types of earbuds in different colors. And now, they have a great pair of affordable Bluetooth earbuds that are perfect for working out and listening to us, your favorite podcast. At checkout, put the code REVIEWS in to get 30% off, free shipping, and free lifetime warranty. So check out tweakedaudio.com. Help yourself with a new pair of headphones and help us out as well. Now, back to the show. <laughs> All right, I, I got some more stuff because this this kind of talking some racism stuff here. Um, a great thing this uh, last week. I um, I guess it's technically last week. Uh, I got to see uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Um, comes out next week. It's a Ooh. great movie. Go see it. Uh, it's great. But um, uh, and it's a really diverse movie. I mean, there's a lot. Like you know, I know some people were complaining about. You know, uh, they didn't go with Miles Morales and, you know, uh, Peter's white and things like that. Listen, everybody else in the fucking movie is black and brown. Like, literally everybody else. Like, there are so many black and brown people in this fucking movie. And there are some really super woke moments between black characters in this film that are amazing. Like, they're just great. But, um, so, uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming premiere was this week. And I think it was in L.A.? Yeah, they did it. They did it. L.A. They did a little L.A. red carpet for it, like they normally do. 
Um, so mm-hmm. uh, Hannibal Burris is in the film. He plays a he yep. plays a coach in the in the, in, in the school. Uh, so mm-hmm. here's the story. Hannibal Burris paid a double, and doubles in quotes because the guy looks nothing like him. Five hundred dollars to go to the Spider Man Homecoming premiere as him, and it actually worked. And um, yeah, this guy looks. Wow. You know, let me see if I, have you seen this? No, I let me see if I can. Stuff. Let me see if I can put. Um, because I can share my screen. Let me see if I can open this up and share this with you. Because like you need you need to actually look at the picture. Because the first thing you need to realize oh, here God, is I just saw it. you saw. Okay, you saw. <laughs> they look nothing alike. All right, I, I just want to like like the, the only thing that they have in common is they're both. I, they're, I, I, they're black, and I think Hamilton is bold too. But that yeah, is literally. Kind of, I think. It. He got a Caesar. I think Hannibal yeah. got a really low cut, like Kobe like Caesar. Yeah, and this, this guy is, is bald. bald. Like me, yeah. He got these shades on looking like Ralph Trezvan and shit. Yeah. God damn, man. They don't look so. <laughs> so, Hannibal Burst plays Coach Wilson in, in Spider Man Homecoming. So, naturally, his requests attend the uh, film's LA uh, premiere on Wednesday, but came out uh, but came up with an ingenious method of ducking it out of it. LA, I need a look at like with a solid comedic timing for an event tonight. Pays for hundred dollars. Email pics to Hannibal Lookalike three at gmail dot com. Yes, Hannibal Lookalike one and Hannibal Lookalike two were already taken. I think it's weird. So he did this on Twitter, and uh, this guy, uh, I think his name is Joe Carroll, uh, responded. All right, and again, he looks. If you if you look at his Instagram pictures, he looks nothing like Hannibal Burst at all. Like it just, he just it, it just is so far out there and again it's not even like they didn't like announce this like he's on um he's on instagram <laughs> saying when Hannibal Burris hits you up and tells you to crash the red carpet since he couldn't make it you crash the damn red carpet <laughs> and, then he, and then so Hannibal burst and tweets out i'm here at the spider-man movie premiere in theater july 8th and it's a picture <laughs> of joe carroll with with somebody interviewing him as Hannibal Burris. Oh, I just saw this. No, she has no idea. No, she, she has no idea. Oh, let me see God. this. Let me see if I can. Uh, and so the thing about it is, I'm not sure if the person, you know, the the media person has is, is in on this joke. I'm gonna go with they're not because I have seen this has happened before. White white media people they literally do that whole thing where. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, you, you're, you're, you're black. He's black. You're the same person. This happened to fucking, um, Lawrence Fishburne and, um, uh, 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 uh Samuel Jackson. It's like, who look again, nothing alike, nothing alike. So here we go. I'm going I'm to play some of this. I, I haven't even seen this myself. Let me see. This will play here. Come on, come on, play. You guys being difficult now. But I'm here with Hannibal Paris. So tell me, what is it like to be part of such an incredibly huge universe like this? You know, it was a great opportunity. I uh, had a lot of fun. <laughs> Spider-Man's huge. You know, we grow up watching Spider-Man. So to play Coach Wilson, working with the cast, this was a great time. I, I had a blast. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Did you have a the particular gym, gym teacher that you modeled the after? Center, with massive markdowns and just stop. High school, I had a really tough coach. Um, I wasn't a big fan of physical education. You know, it took me a long time just to... 
He looks nothing like him. He doesn't sound like him. Nothing about him says Hannibal Burst. And again, I I don't know if the person who's interviewing him realizes that, but she's she's white. All right. And she got no clue. I wish I was on the red carpet and this had been pulled off. Because I would have done this, I would have done the same. I would have interviewed him like he was Hannibal Burst. Then and I would have been like, Hey so man, look. How many of these white people think you're still Hannibal Burst? <laughs> like, I, I would have I asked him at the end. I'm like, look, look, how many, how many of these white people have been interviewing you and really think you're Hannibal Burst? Like, really? But um. no, no bullshit. We've seen this before. Like, Phenom yeah. and I, I remember, um, uh, Phenom probably remember exactly what happened, but we were at a con at one point and somebody, mm-hmm. he came back and told me this happened because the photographers are so, most of the photographers are rude as shit. All right. And mm-hmm. Phenom's always on the line taking pictures. And so somebody yelled out uh, the name of one of the actresses, but that wasn't her name. And she snapped oh, at him. And I'm just like, oh, shoot. you guys are terrible. Was she black? Was she, it a black actress? I can't remember if it was or not. Oh, I can't. Shit. And the thing about wow. it is like, like this isn't like, um, what is it? Like there's uh, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard and um, who's the other one that they kind of look alike. I can't, um, I'm losing my mind right now. There's the other one. It's not even like these are people that look alike. These are people that look nothing like each other. And I'm looking at this yeah. thing, and I'm just like, come on. And it goes back to you know, a larger issue of the racism that happens in Hollywood where they literally expect mm-hmm. there to be only one black person. You know, it's yeah. like uh, – um, Jenna, Jenna Bush uh, asked Pharrell uh, how was it like to work at uh, for Hidden Fences. Yeah, that shit was great. Uh, was so, and Pharrell – the, uh, the best part for me was Pharrell's reaction. And unfortunately, we don't have like a longer clip. I only saw like a, I think it was like 10 seconds. And Pharrell is just kind of just like, nigga, are you serious? Like he, he just kind of looks into the camera like, oh no. Right. Real? And she has no idea. Oh, it's terrible, dog. Yeah. Hollywood's the worst. Yo, I mean, they're the worst. And, and they do this repeatedly. And it's not just this. It's also the idea that there's only one black person. So it's like, there's that. Yes. And, 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 and I'm, I'm glad to see them breaking out of that. And here's the thing. Because the racism is systemic, it spills into it, it spills into us as black people as well, and we don't realize like Black Panther, right? I'm so happy and so glad that they picked um uh Chadwick Boseman, right? I mean, I remember when uh Rod Rod you know said he would really be Chadwick Boseman, and we had we were we would talk back not even argue, we were just saying who who we would pick, and we would pick like. These actors, these young actors that that weren't really getting a lot of roles at the time, you would see them here and there. Like uh, at one point, my pick was uh, Chiwetel, uh, mm-hmm. and I was excited when he got picked up for Doctor Strange. I was like, "Yo, you got to put him in!" Like this guy, he should be getting like Chiwetel. He should be getting more work. Like, I don't understand how he doesn't get more work because, like, I mean, even at, even before Twelve Years of Slaves, like, like dudes do be acting his ass off. But it's just there's all these these younger black actors, male actors and women and black women who just get overlooked or they do some small things there here and there. But it always seemed like for a while there, there's only room for like one, one black actor. So for the longest time, whenever you mentioned black Panther, he would go, Oh, you got to get Michael Jai white. And I was like, mm, no, no, you really don't. Oh, Wesley Snipes. I'm like, do you guys only know two or three black people in Hollywood? Like there's more, didn't just mm-hmm. that and but the answer but, is yes <laughs> well and the, and the reason for that was because so for for the longest time that's all hollywood pr- promote like there are all these other black i mean think about like uh i think um there's this news now that 
um, Maharshala Ali is going to be on, I think, the third the third season of um, True Detective. He might be the lead, apparently. Um, yeah. Think about how long he's been in the and in, in, he he's been in um, the industry. Like I forgot he was in Predators. We when we did our Me Predators uh, nostalgia review, I completely forgot he was in Predators. Like there are yep. all these actors you see now. They have been around for the longest time. Like. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when when we used to uh, we used to talk all the time about Michael B. Jordan because we yep. uh, some of us had watched Chronicle and we we're like, "Yo, Michael B. Jordan needs to be in a superhero film." Like he was really really great in Chronicle, and then when he started getting picked up, people were like, "Who the fuck is Michael B. Jordan?" And then like it's like, "No, he's really really fucking good." Like he like mm-hmm. like do you see Chronicle? Like he steals the show in Chronicle. Like Chronicle by far is also just a great movie, but he steals the show for his parts. In that film, he's just his charisma, the way he does things. It's like he's just so good at it. I, he's, you, you can't help but like his character in that film. And I'm like, there's so many of these actors out here, but mm-hmm. they don't get shots. You know, they don't. Nope. Um, and it's, it's weird. Yeah, and, and and it's a racism because white actors don't go through that. Like, um, nope. When um. Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, great movie. Love that movie. But if you really want to like watch Cabin in the Woods, watch it with the director's commentary on it. At one point, because Chris okay. Hemsworth is in this movie, and that movie came out um, in the same year. I think it came out the same year that Avengers did, so it came out in 2012. Um, in that in that director's commentary, uh, and they had shot that movie before. I think they shot that movie in like 20, 2009, 2010. So, and I think it was 2000, it had to be 2009 because they're talking about Chris Hemsworth in the movie and they're going, yeah, at that point I saw him and I was like, yo, he's going to be Captain America. And they were like, he had gone out to, to, to do, uh, to actually, uh, uh, again, cause they're doing the commentary here and they're, they're making jokes about the fact that the movie is coming out later than when they shot it. Cause they're like, oh man, that guy's going to be Captain America knowing that he ended up getting Thor later on. But they were, they talk about how they saw him and they knew that he would be good in one of those roles. And mm-hmm. and that's what you see. You you see directors who see a young white actor and go, Oh yeah, he's gonna be great in this stuff. We need to get him more roles. We're gonna and you see how they get moved to the ladder and that does that's not there for a lot of black actors. I mean that's why, you know, and I and again, I'm my problems with Tyler Perry, but it's also why I've learned to kind of lay off the Tyler Perry uh critiques because for a lot of black actors out there, he was the only one giving them shots. And while I don't respect his work, I can respect that. I can respect that aspect of him. Um, And I think that, you know, that was needed for so many things. And honestly, I wish he would do more of that and less actually making things because he's terrible at actually making films like his films are fucking trash. He just got casted for something recently, didn't he? He's terrible at acting, too. Good God, he's a terrible actor. Oh, man, that that, uh, Alex Turtles thing was pretty good. (laughs) Oh, what was it, though? It was um, um. uh, uh, what was the movie he did? What he did? Uh, he was actually the lead detective in it. Oh my god, he had gotten fat. Oh, what it was something? Oh god, yes, I, um, I gotta look uh, it up now. Alex I, Cross. Yeah, there we go. Alex Cross. Good God, it was terrible. Like I think that's I they really it, but don't. I saw the. <laughs> I'm looking at the cover now. It's crazy. It was terrible. Oh man. Yeah. But Tyler. No. Tyler. Hey man. Tyler. Like I said, all said and done. Even though. I'm not a, you know, I don't really watch his movies like that. My mother likes his movies and, you know, my, my cousins and all that. But for what he does for us, yeah, 
I'm a always I'm a always rock with him because he gives people opportunities, like I said. And like you said, oftentimes we don't get opportunities like that, or we get shunned, or we get one chance to be mm-hmm. the one stereotypical guy. And uh, yeah, Tyler gives you know he has that big ass studio, which you know I think it's in Atlanta if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Tyler does big things, and he uh, he makes sure that he puts on for us, and I really appreciate that for sure. Yeah. And um, like I said, when you see when you see what's happening with Black Panther, you can see how that how a black network of creatives goes a long way. You know, they first went to Ava. Uh, she couldn't, she turned it down. She didn't want to do it. But then, you know, Feige and them, again, still in Disney, she got to do A Wrinkle in Time instead. Like, I remember a lot of times when she turned it down, people got mad. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to understand that right after their meeting happened and it didn't work out, she thanked Kevin Feige. Feige followed her on Twitter. They were working back and forth. And he was, they were, he was still promoting things of hers. I'm like, something's going to happen with Ava. She's still going to do something in there, whether it's a Marvel movie. And I still think at some point she will do a Marvel movie. Um, but, uh, they got, she got a wrinkle in time and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Still in the Disney family. There you guys have it. But then, you know, yeah. she's really close with Ryan Coogler and then that's how Ryan mm-hmm. Coogler got it. Then Ryan Coogler brings in all the people from Creed. So then you get not just Michael B. Jordan. So once, once Coogler got in, I was like, um, once Coogler got in and then I think it was Tessa Thompson got cast next. Cause she got cast for Thor, and I was like, okay, that's Coogler saying, I know a black woman who can, you can get who's really, really good, Tessa Thompson. Then I was like, well, it's gonna be kind of hard because he just did Fantastic Four, but I'm betting they're gonna get, uh, Michael B. Jordan some kind of way into the, oh, okay, yeah, they just cast Michael B. Jordan. Like, it's just, you just see how it weaves around and they bring all these people with them. And when you see mm-hmm. the people working behind the camera and, and, you know, and, and just the entire production of Black Panther, all these people are being brought in on a on a huge film that's going to be huge for their careers. Then those people bring in people, and then those people bring in people. It's like there's all these things that can happen, and it's it's a big big thing, you know. Um, you know, and it shouldn't it, it's weird. It shouldn't be that way. But think about it. Marshall, uh, Marshall Ali has had a a, a huge career. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until Luke Cage that people go, oh, wait, you know, this guy, you know, it's kind of good. And then it's like, yeah, he's been doing this shit fucking forever. Like, he's been he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just hit me when we did our, our Spider-Man review um, that one of the black kids in the film is from Beast of No Nation. He's the kid from that movie. Oh, uh, From Netflix. Yes, he's, wow. cause I he's kept, incredible, cause, that yeah, kid, man. Because I, I kept watching the film going... Yo, I know this black kid from somewhere. Who the fuck is this kid? Wow. So when I saw him in the credit, I went and looked at him. I was like, oh my God, it's that kid. He's from there. So it's like you're getting like, it's it's an incredible thing. Um, uh, the, the guy, he's not black, but um, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's from um, Dope. Yeah, the kid that mm. played uh, one of the guys in Dope is in this film, you know? Um, nice. Yeah, nice. It's, 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 it's good to see uh, this happen, you know? Um, yeah, man, it, it's just... We we need that, and you see it happen with um, you see it happen with white people all the time, and the ability to 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 get the chances and to get the opportunities that honestly black people don't get. You know, black people get one and done chances, and if it's not for somebody else, you know, you you you, and even if you get that, even you get the chance, sometimes you're you're forgotten about. So it's just like it's just interesting to me. Like how many times does Johnny Depp have to flop in a fucking movie before and and beat a woman before people stop taking chances on him, you know, but yet, and still you get people out here who win 
win Academy Awards and or get nominated for things and and they don't get anything, you know. Um, and again, this is why I shout out to Disney. Like, it, look, they're not perfect. They messing things up. But when Disney, Disney's been ahead of the curve, the curve on a lot of this stuff. Um, I remember people were complaining because uh, Lapita didn't wasn't getting work, and I was like, yeah, you got to understand, Disney has her locked down for like the next few years on small projects, and they're saving her for something. I'm like, she's gonna be in Black Panther, like. They, like, I looked at all the films she was in. She was in Queen of Cotway. She was doing Star Wars. She did a bunch of other things. She was, she was a, she people forget she was a voice in Jungle Book. Yep. She, I was like, yep. yo, no, they're saving her for something. They're keeping her busy so nobody else can, 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 can pick her up until they can use her for Black Panther. And come to find out, then they announced for Black Panther. And I was like, duh. <laughs> Cause how, how do you not have her in Black? Like, come on. It's going to happen. Of course. So. I yes. remember when you kind of made that prediction, and I was like, "Yeah, man, Chris, I hope you're right, man." Like, I, I really, deep down inside, obviously, we all want that to happen, but mm-hmm. you just kind of feel like, "Oh, someone's gonna drop the ball, or somehow it's not gonna work out in our favor." But hey, man, the countdown is on. We got Look, seven months, sixteen yeah. days left. So, <laughs> anyone listening to this, yeah, we're not that far away from. Yeah. Just gotta, you know, just gotta like excellence it. reappearing yeah. once again in Look. an incredible way. Everyone's gonna have their tickets, book out the entire cinema, and. Bring your popcorn. Look, I was in. I'm going to be in I was at the D23 Expo. Yeah, I was at the D23 mm-hmm. Expo, and literally, like, it was for the the Walt Disney Pictures presentation, and literally every other movie they were bringing her out, and she was all over the fucking place, and I was like, yeah, she's gonna be in Black Panther. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is just. There was no other actor or actress they had that they brought that many times other than Lupita. She was all over the fucking place during that presentation. I was like. Yeah, you don't make her like the face of Disney really at that point and not use her for like what's going to be the blackest movie of all time. Like you you mm-hmm. don't yeah, you got it. You got it. And they did. I was I was, I was super like I didn't know who they were going to have her as, but I was super confident that she was going to be in the film cuz I was like there's no way they don't have her in the film. Like it's just you 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 see predictions and like you you lock people down so that you can keep them in multiple multiple contracts and do this kind of stuff and keep them doing work. And yeah, and that's literally what they did. And I was like, yeah, and um, yeah. So, um, all right, all right. Let's move on to some more um serious stuff here. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. I can. That's right. I can share my screen. So nice. Real quick, I can share my screen with you so you can see this. Uh, yeah. The um, the NRA has decided. To I be a bunch, this. yeah, they're a bunch of assholes. Have decided to um, really double down on um, being shitty. So uh, I'm gonna play this. This is they're they're doing like they have NRA TV and they run this stuff on on YouTube and things like that. And uh, this is um, Dana Loesch, who is a piece of shit and a racist piece of shit. But they're oh, trying yeah. to say they're trying to say 100%. that this video is not not racist. But um, I'm, I'm just gonna play this real quick. They use their media to assassinate real news. They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance, all to make them march 
Make them protest. Make them scream racism and sexism and xenophobia and homophobia to smash windows, burn cars, shut down interstates and airports, bully and terrorize the law abiding until the only option left is for the police to do their jobs and stop the madness. And when that happens, they'll use it as an excuse for their outrage. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm... All right, I'm going to come on and say it right now. Let's put it bluntly. The NRA is a terrorist organization. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, just, just flat out. They, they, this is a terrorist organization. They have been a terrorist organization for the longest fucking time. And I'm going to break down how this, why this is and, and going through this and stuff like that. But it's just like this video right here is no different from the recruitment videos you see from radicalized Muslims and ISIS and things like that. This is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I have, let me see here. This is, um, this is her on, uh, 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 one with with Tucker Carlson trying to say that uh, the, her, my ad is really not about inspiring violence; it's about taking the violence away. So let me, let me play this bullshit clip right now. Oh shit! I have the sound off because I didn't want to hear Tucker Carlson's voice. I don't blame you. I can't stand that. This was uploaded online in a accused of we 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 the brother the brother the Okay. Powerful. Not everybody is impressed. For her efforts on behalf of the Second Amendment, she's being accused of trying to destroy the country. Multiple publications, including Mother Jones, say that she's calling for a civil war. Over at CNN, Sally Cohn tweeted this. In an ad for the NRA, Dana Lash accuses the left of violence of lies and calls for fighting back with the clenched fist of truth. Just wow, which is a bad thing. Black Lives Matter activist Ray McKesson was upset too, tweeting, quote, this NRA ad is an open call to violence to protect white supremacy. If I made a video like this, I'd be in jail. One of his followers, David Dennis Jr., chipped in, the use of a white woman as proxy for anti-black violence is a tale as old as America itself. Okay, Dana Lash joins us now. Dan, thanks. Uh, Just real quick, uh, both of those statements are correct. And we're going to have two white people who don't understand and deny white supremacy and white white privilege try to tell us why that's not true. So um, I just want to throw that right there that both of those statements were fucking true as shit. Coming on, I didn't see any racial overtones in this spot. Maybe. I wasn't oh, well then, Mr. White Man, I guess it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. Sorry. I, I got to throw this entire segment out the fucking window because you know what? White Mr. fucking uh, uh, Tucker Carlson said he didn't see any racial overtones in this video. So I guess it didn't really fucking happen. And by the way, one of the, 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 same, the same Tucker Carlson who um, was on with uh, that lady, Lisa Durden, and, um, yeah, she was like, yeah, America's a racist society. And he called her crazy and full of it. And, yeah, uh, she also yeah, the same Tucker Carlson who got fired at CNN somehow. Even he was too racist for CNN, which is amazing. So, yeah, fuck that guy. I like to remember this as uh, the Tucker Carlson from Crossfire who got owned by John John Stewart uh, when uh, they got brought on. And that's when he lost his fucking show. He's still so he's, good. Him and his little bow tie. Fuck that guy. He's man. still salty about that. He won't wear bow ties anymore because of that. So I'm just saying. <laughs> That Tucker Carlson. So, mm-hmm. you seem to be celebrating was an African American police officer. Um, but do you think is there a racial subtext to this somehow? 
No, there's not, Tucker. It's, it's good to be with you. Uh, okay. I'm glad you're feeling better as well. No, there's no racial component in this. This, the reaction to this is insane, Tucker. I'm, I'm talking over video clips that show actual leftist violence, rioting, yeah. property damage, arson, physical assault, and apparently me condemning violence is what's inciting and dividing America. Well, funny not people is like DeRay McCusson, who are. <laughs> the, the tape is like a bunch of rich white kids setting fire to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yes. you're defending white supremacy yes. for attacking rich white kids, burning stuff? I mean, like, it's insane. It's, this, it's the goofiest thing ever. And, and I, I mean, it's incredibly clear. When I say clinch fist of truth, I mean, Tucker, and I have this here. You know, you, this, is their, this is their logo. It was, I, I can't believe I have to spell it out to, I guess, people who read with pictures. The clinch fist of truth, you know, it's just wordplay. I'm talking about fighting violence with truth because truth wins out all the time. And apparently yeah. that's bad. When you show the left and some people on the left, not everybody on the left. Uh, I'm going to say, as a person who is living in Trump's America right now, that that is not true and that truth does not always win out because literally Trump lies every fucking day on the hour, like, he lies. So the idea facts, that truth don't matter, man. And, 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 don't matter. And Rod said this too. Rod was like, Fox News is not to be taken seriously. Like, you can't take anything seriously from Fox News. So I, I just look at this. I just see Tucker Carlson and him laughing at, oh, it's just a bunch of white guys just having fun. Da, 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 da. And her going, yes, Tucker, it's just, there's no racism involved. Dorena Kesson is a, you know, a Black Lives Matter terrorist. And it's just all this propaganda. It's so expected. I'm not surprised. It's the NRA. Like you said, they're a terrorist organization. Unfortunately, no one will take the fucking uh, stance and have the guts to say that shit except for black people for the most part. But when we say it, we get considered, you know, fucking, I don't know, you're Black Panther now, right? So, I mean, it's so expected. It, there's not one bone of my in my body where I'm surprised at this. Not one. Um, I'm, I'm gonna keep playing this and we're gonna go into to ch challenging. Because they're saying basically that, and I, you know, and they, there's always like, a kernel of out of context truth in what they're talking about here. And yeah, there is some leftist, you know, left wing violence every now and then, but literally look at what they're talking about. They're talking about things like, um, uh, burning trash and trash cans and smashing windows. So just keep that in mind. And the left, but you know, it's coming from the left. When you show a mirror, when you hold up a mirror and show them their reflection, they freak out. And so that's what I've been, that's what I've been dealing with all day. So, Senator, Senator, well, you've been dealing with a lot today. Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut wrote this. I think the NRA is telling people to shoot us. Now might be the right time to cancel your membership. I don't think he had a membership at the NRA, but um, what, do you, what do you make of that? No. I think that's exactly my point. In fact, I've actually received a couple of death threats uh, today that I had to refer to law enforcement. I think that this is incredibly reckless and irresponsible of Senator Murphy to have this response. First of all, first of all, it, it's, it's a lie. There was nowhere in this video, and I've invited him to come join me on my radio program and explain where in this video I called for anyone to go to violence. I'm okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's go play that video again. Let's, let's just, because maybe, maybe she's right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I under, misunderstood what she was saying. Let's, let's do this again. They use their media to assassinate real news. They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance. 
Got to ask, who the fuck is they, first of all? Second of all, if you're mm-hmm. just talking about assassinating the truth, you don't use the word assassinate. Um, and if it's just about fighting fire and fire with fire, meaning you know, fighting against lies with truth, then why are you making this ad for the NRA, the National Rifle Association? Incredible. Because, uh, again, the whole purpose of your organization is to sell guns and to protect the Second Amendment rights, which, you know, are used to kill people. Like... Like, and this is the problem I have with the right. Like, they always try to, they get, try to get too cute and think that, oh, no, you're, oh, this wasn't a call to violence. Oh, oh, wait, me wearing, you know, strapped together, strapped with like two guns and having this assault rifle in my hands? I'm not threatening you with physical violence. I'm just exercising my second amendment right. Okay, sure. Uh, okay, all right. I'm condemning it, by the way, uh, where I called for anyone to, to move towards violence, to silence anyone, or where I called for anyone. Uh, you, 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 you're literally doing a, the left is the enemy of the state. You're calling people who ideologically disagree with you and disagree with the, pre- even the president. So you brought the president into this. So you're basically okay. saying that people who do not agree with the president of the United States, when he's literally telling lies, because again, you're, you're you're trying to make this, she's trying to make this about I'm fighting his lies, but the president of the United States, Trump, literally lies every fucking day. So it's, so it's only some lies. So you're basically telling me that his lies are okay, their not lies are are not okay, and they need to fall in line. If they don't, we need to rise up. And, but you're not you're you're not you're, you're not calling for violence. You're not calling to arm yourselves and protect yourself against liberal left wing or left wing violence and and law. And they no. know what they're doing, Chris. Like they they know they're inciting their demographic to oh, yeah. you know clinch that gun that much harder to protect their territory that much tougher. They they know exactly what they're doing, but yeah. they're gonna play. Oh, why don't I didn't incite violence? And they're gonna play the role, and that's what they do, man. Fox News, and I, I, I've seen this lady before, but I'm not surprised they're gonna. Oh, I got, I got a couple more videos. I, I got a couple more videos oh, of her. Oh, trust oh, me, oh, 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 we're, we're going in because I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. Let me play. Let's do it. Want to even pick up a firearm and enact violence, and it's reckless and irresponsible. And Senator Murphy needs to rethink his word choice here because we just had a couple of weeks ago, due to some of this rhetoric, like we see from Senator Murphy, had a crazy leftist lunatic go out and open fire on a bunch of Republican congressional members after he double checked to make sure they were Republican. This has to stop, and I'm not going to stop condemning violence. And it's a shame that other people, Tucker, on the left, won't do the same. Well, yeah, I mean, that maybe is the core irony here. The spot that I saw, which I think is this, we're talking about the same commercial, right? And you show video of people yes. committing acts of political violence, and you say, if this keeps up, the police are going to have to put it down, which is, would be the hope, I think, of every normal person. You don't want stuff like that. You don't want... Uh, funny story here. Uh, there haven't actually been any um, violent riots or, um, you know, left-wing violence like that outside of that one shooting. Uh mm-hmm. And, and months there hasn't been so she's literally showing videos from things because here's the thing some of those videos are probably reactions to things like oh i don't know uh maybe uh a white police officer murdering an unarmed black person that might be where mm-hmm. some of those that violent left-wing radical racism is coming from um funny story here the nra 
never spoke out on Philando Castile, but remember that because I got I got I got I got somebody to talk about with that on that one. Okay. Um, but of course they didn't. The, of course they didn't do that. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about. They didn't talk about that. That 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 uh, come out and talk about uh, the 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 knife attack that happened where those two white men defended that uh, the Muslim girl uh, and then the white guy uh, uh, killed one. I think slashed the throat of the other one. Didn't talk about that. Um, I have several articles here. Some other things that it's always interesting that NRI doesn't talk about and doesn't go forward with. Um, they always come forward when is when when the person can be can be said as a leftist. But oddly enough, they never show up with the idea of things like this. So here's an article um, that says the numbers don't lie. White far right uh, white far right terrorists pose a clear danger to all of us. Uh, this is a story. This this is one of the things that happened um, not too far from where I'm living now. I'm, I'm here. In uh, Maryland, I don't. I live literally up the street from College Park. Uh, on May 20th, Richard Collins III, a black 23-year-old U.S. Army second lieutenant, was murdered while visiting the United States member uh, in, uh, the the University of Maryland by a member of the Facebook group called Alt Reich, uh, the Nation. Uh, according to the University of Maryland Police uh, Chief David Mitchell, the group promotes despicable prejudice against minorities, especially African Americans. On May this. on May 26th. 53-year-old U.S. Army veteran Rick Best and 23-year-old uh, recent university gradu- graduate, and I'm not going to butcher that name, were murdered while uh, 21-year-old poet uh, Micah David Cole Fletcher was severely injured by a knife attack by a knife-wielding white supremacist when the three of them tried to prevent him from harassing a Muslim woman in a handkerchief on the commuter train in po- Portland, Oregon. What you don't see is you will never see the NRA come out Against that, you'll never see somebody like uh, Dana Lash or any of these other people from the NRA coming out and support this stuff. Uh, the, the 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 whole thing about terrorism in this country really took off after uh, 9-11, right? After hmm. is your child below is that me or you? Is clinically proven to- oh, okay. Sometimes I thought it was, I thought it might be me playing. Um, after 9-11, that's when everybody became concerned about radical Muslim terrorism, right? Um, before then, yeah, because uh, white people did a lot of a lot of terrorist attacks. So here, here's a couple of things uh, to remember. Um, here, here's one that I think a lot of people forget about. People forget about um, Eric Robert Rudolph, uh, who was the mm-hmm. Centennial Park uh, bomber. You know, during the Atlanta uh, when when the Olympics were in 1996 and uh, the Olympics were in Atlanta, there was a there was a bombing mm-hmm. there. That was by. Uh, Eric Robert Rudolph, and I believe it was because <laughs> he thought that this country was starting to let abortion get out of hand and letting abortion on demand happen, and so he yep. he, he 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 set off four bombs, killed I remember uh, that killed he's, two people, injured uh, injured hundred as well, huh? He he was anti-gay and yep. at, all that. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. I remember that guy. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, yeah, though, these are the, these, these are the ones that are always, you know, all your, you know, don't tread on me motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, you know, they give, they give rise to people like Timothy McVeigh. Uh, let's see. You had the Wisconsin Sheik Temple shooting. Uh, Wade, uh, Wade Michael Page fatally shot six people and wounded four others in a mass shooting at a Sheik uh, Sheik Temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Page was a white, um, white American supremacist and a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, the funny thing you mentioned, you, you notice about these is this guy, this one, and I think Timothy McVeigh tried to be in the army, but might have gotten out. Uh, a lot of people are former military too. It's always interesting that the white supremacists are always end up being former military. Isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, the Charleston shooting with Dylan Roof, you know, wasn't former military, yep. but was definitely a white supremacist. 
Um, yeah. So it, it, things like that. Uh, we you can go all the way back to things like um, uh, the burning of Black, uh, Wall Street, the Tulsa race riots, things like that. You know, white racism against black people. Uh, literally, um, you see, it was uh, you know did thirty million dollars in damages, estimated you know adjusted damages. Uh, Detroit, more than thirty-five blocks district, left ten thousand people homeless, up to three three hundred dead. It was considered to be one of the wealthiest black communities in the nation. Not anymore because uh, white robs, uh, white mobs started a, a race riot. Right? You know, it's always funny. They always say that we're starting the race riots, though, right? Isn't that? It's always weird. Thing? It's always it's always it's always the black people that are starting the race riots. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, here's another article from Vice News: Ten plots and attacks by white people. Trump left off his terrorism list. Uh, let's see, there was, uh, I know that you guys had one. You had one, um, uh, in January. Busy. Yeah. The, yep. the Qu- uh, Quebec, Quebec uh, city. Yeah. Know, five, um, uh, six, six people who, six Muslims who were killed at the, at the mosque, uh, mm-hmm. in January, I think it was. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, he was of course a lone wolf and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. disturbed and, uh, just, Poor little white guy. That's what yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't exactly. he? Wasn't and, he? Wasn't an extreme. And, and by right the way, here they're they're still um they're still taking pig heads and um putting it up on top of the mosque all throughout the the province. So ah. if anyone wants to know if that shit is not hmm. if it's over, it's it's not over. They they still yeah. uh they're still attacking our Muslim brothers and sisters. It's 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 nuts. Trump didn't comment on that one, but he did. He did send Sean Spicer out there to say this is why we we must remain vigilant because somehow stopping um, the travel ban, which does not stop an extreme right wing French nationalist from coming to this country, but somehow they use that 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 killing to strengthen the travel ban, which doesn't make any fucking sense because it was actually Muslims that were killed. Um, let's see. Uh, October 14th, 2016, Garden City, Kansas. Three men allegedly belonging to the group called the Crusaders, an anti-immigrant, anti-government militia, were charged with conspiring to bomb a Somali immigrant community in Kansas. Patrick Stein, one of the defendants, told an undercover agent that he had hoped to attack would be a bloodbath. Stein, Curtis Allen and Gavin Wright stockpiled firearms and explosives, which they planned to use to attack a building complex that is home to many Somali immigrants. The men repeatedly referred to Somalis as cockroaches. Hmm, interesting. How much do you want to bet they donated to the NRA? I bet you, because, you know, a lot of... The under, I'll get into that later, but we'll keep, let's, let's keep going. Uh, November 27th, 2015, Colorado Springs. Uh, Robert Lewis Deer, a 57-year-old Colorado man, attacked a Planned Parenthood clinic in Colorado Springs, armed with four assault rifles, because <laughs> one's not enough, uh, and other mm-hmm. weapons. Deer killed three people and injured nine others. According to the court documents, Deer told investigators that he hoped he would be met in heaven by aborted fetuses thanking him for saving unborn babies. But not uh, – so, so I always love this too about the, the, the right-wing extremists who decide that they're going to – uh, stop abortions by killing people because uh, killing babies is wrong, but apparently killing grown people is not wrong. And uh, the logic never makes any sense. It always ends up in like a circular logic thing that never just it's it just it just falls out. Um, he said he was driven to action by false allegations that the Planned Parenthood clinics clinics sell baby parts. Derek also characterized members of the Army of God who have anti-abortion extremists behind other attacks and abortion clinics as heroes. Uh, fun fact here. The false allegations about Planned, P- Planned Parenthood—that is something that always seems to, you know, come from the right. 
So when they talk, when 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 Dana Lash and other people talk about the violent rhetoric of the left, it never adds up to what the right does, where the right literally indoctr- has indoctrinated an entire part of this country to believe that if you believe in in a woman's choice, that you believe in murdering babies. And you can always you can always hide behind religion, right? For that shit. So, oh yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I, I just I always think of fucking Ted Cruz. <laughs> Which I haven't heard from him in a little bit, but um, shout out to Ted Cruz for being a dick. But uh, he, yeah, he definitely is a staunch uh, um, Christian man, if if I'm not mistaken, right? So he kind of believes in that whole rhetoric, and you know, you got to be pro-life in all every single occasion. Is is it, am I not mistaken? No, What's you're not it? mistaken. I mean, I I believe talking about Ted Cruz, right? Right. Ted yeah, Cruz, yeah, yeah. I, I believe. I think we covered this at one point during the campaign. He had somebody who literally called for the shooting of people that commit abortion. Like he committed, he he had something like like there are people that no they they do this. They push this shit all the time, and it's never very godly. Yeah. It's never very it, it never sticks with the Christian Christian principles. But that's also mm-hmm. I know most American Christians are full of shit. Like most people, exactly. are, here's the thing: most people that are Christians are full of shit. And if you're hearing this, you're getting mm-hmm. kind of mad. Really sit back. I know, take, take you know, take it to heart. Calm down a little bit. Think about it and think about most people you know are Christian and realize they're full of shit and hypocrites. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a fact. Like, come on, it just, it just, it's just what it is. I mean, so, but, but when it comes to the Christian right, they're even worse. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, we're not done yet, though. There's more. There's more. I mean, there's plenty of this stuff in here, but I'm just gonna go through this in here. Uh, November twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, location Minneapolis, Minnesota. Four men wearing ski masks attacked Black Lives Matter protesters during a demonstration, wounding five. Uh, Alan uh, Scarcella, the only assailant with a gun, was convicted on assault charges. The other defendants were charged with second-degree assault. The four men um, reportedly met online and formed frequently by people with racist and anti-government views. The evidence against uh, Scarcella included text messages he sent to his friends where he discussed shooting black people and photos of his phone that showed him posing with Confederate symbols. But apparently the NRA doesn't remember this because they didn't ever come out and defend Black Malice Mattered on that one. So um, here we go. Uh, to, uh, July 23rd, 2015, Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, John Russell Hauser opened fire at a movie theater during a showing of a of Trainwreck, a film, a film starring the comedian Amy Schumer. He killed two women, ages 21 and 33, and injured nine others before committing suicide. Hauser exposed extremist right-wing views and reportedly an ardent anti-feminist. Hmm. But again, remember, it's the left wing rhetoric that's causing all the problems in America right now. Uh, 23rd, uh, the June 23rd, 2015, this Charleston shooting. Won't go into that anymore. You guys know Dylan Roof. He had a, he had a manifesto. He's clearly racist, mm-hmm. sat down at the church and murdered. Uh, how many was it? Was it nine? Yes. Uh, yeah. Nine. Yeah. It was nine. nine yeah. So, and, uh, uh, don't forget the police took him to Burger King. Oh yeah. Got a Burger King. Cause you know, why won't you do that with a, uh, racist of white supremacist? Um, November 28th, 2014, August, Texas, uh, Larry Stephen McQuillums armed with a 22 caliber rifle fired more than a hundred rounds at government, at a government buildings in downtown Austin, including a police station, a Mexican consulate, a federal courthouse and a bank. He tried to set the consulate on fire before he was shot dead by police. There were no fatalities. The police searched his rental van and found homemade bombs made from propane cans, a map contained 34 Ataris and a white supremacist book, white supremacist book called the vigilantes of Christendom. Uh, police categorized McQuillan as a homegrown American terrorist trying to terrorize our people. June twenty, uh, June eighth, two thousand fourteen. Jared and Amanda Miller, I believe these are the ones that that were dressed up as Joker and 
Harley Quinn, I think. A couple will share their extreme wow. anti-government uh, positions through videos posted online. Shot and killed two Las Vegas police officers and later killed a civilian in a Walmart store. The Millers had spent time in Nevada rancher Clive and Bunny's property during the protest related to the Bundy's dispute with the federal government. That's also another one to remember. The Bundy's, <laughs> they're racist and <laughs> they're also fucking terrorists. But somehow they got off uh, on their terrorism. Remember that? Uh, let's see, mm-hmm. June 4th, 2014, New Brunswick, Canada. Uh, Justin Bur- uh, uh, Borky, Borky, a 24-year-old uh, uh, Moncton, uh, Canada, shot five no, officers sorry. from Royal... How do you say it? Uh, yeah, Moncton, New Brunswick, Moncton. and his name is... Uh, was it Justin Bork? Bork, okay. Shot five officers from the Royal Mon- uh, Canadian Mounted Police, killing three and severely injuring two. He was captured with a, after a 10-week manhunt uh, Bork uh, posted pro-gun and anti-police slogans on Facebook and said he feared Russia would invade Canada in a third world war. Uh, guarantee you he also has a, if he could, he would have a MAGA hat. Um, April 13th. I remember that to very the... well, Chris, by the way, just to really, really quickly. Yeah. He's out east, so in the east coast of Canada, it's very, very, you know, relaxed and calm. They couldn't find that nigga for three weeks, or no, ten weeks was it was. Mm-hmm. So, Everyone was on their P's and Q's real scared. And Canada doesn't have these big terrorist attacks like you guys do every fucking hour of the day. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy over here. But I remember the way that they handled that was very calm and collected. But they never, ever called them a terrorist. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, last one here. April 13th, 2014, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Fraser Glenn Cross, a former Ku Klux Klan leader, opened fire on two Jewish sites in, uh, in a Kansas City suburb on Passover Eve, killing a doctor and his 14-year-old grandson, and a third woman cross shouted, Hail Hitler, as he was taken into custody. These are just the 10. There are more than this. All right? Way more than this. All this, shit. Um, <laughs> this is... There, there, um, oh, this is thanks to Vice News. Um, but like I said, you look, you can find so many of these. Like, I remember when, um, over the last eight years during President Obama's, like, term, they came out and said that the Justice Department would come out and say, it's like, listen, we're talking about, you know, uh, extreme Muslim and, and radicalized Muslims. Like, yo, white, uh, right wing, white ring, uh, white wing, wing terrorism is on the rise and is getting worse. And we've been seeing that. And what did America do? They literally uh, elected a guy who's only going to incite these assholes even more. Yeah. And and guess what the NRA does during all of these events? They shut the fuck up. The NRA said nothing, nothing about Philando Castile. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's wrong. They did. When it first happened, they said they needed to know more. We need to wait no more. We, we've got to find out. Um... When people start hitting on them uh, for that, you know what they did then? Uh, they didn't win. Or they went and did what uh, every uh, Republican does when they get in trouble with black people. And they went and found a black person to sell their bullshit. Uh, so this is a video I forgot to put in the thing. Let me start it up now. This is uh, this dude. Uh, what is this guy's name? Um, oh, God. What is this? Uh, let me. What is his name? He's he's basically the black guy who talked. He, he had a YouTube channel and he sold him so sold everything out to basically be the black NRA spokesman for um uh for the NRA because well it's always good to sell your own people out for for a time because you get you get you get to look up uh what is this guy's name? This guy's name is oh Colin Noir. And I think that's that's not his real name. Um 
Let me let me put this on the screen. Chris, I thought you were gonna say it was Paris Denard, but you know, oh, he no, either, no either, that either or, you know what I'm saying? Right, not not too fucking far, not too mm-hmm. fucking far. Wait, commentators. Yeah, so this is him speaking out on the Philando Castile video, and you'll see why this is this is bullshit. Oh no. As I watched Philando Castile dying in that car, I watched myself die. And it evoked every emotion in my body. I didn't want to ask questions. I didn't care what happened before the video started recording. All I knew was that I was watching a man struggle for his life and then die in front of his family and the entire world. Okay, not too bad. Kind of strong coming out the, out the gates for an NRA spokesman. I'm kind of liking what I'm hearing so far. But as a lawyer, I've learned to wait for all the evidence before rushing the judgment because emotions can blind you and rob you of impartiality. However, the shit I'm seeing in the mainstream media on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Ah, there we go. The mainstream media is the fault here. Okay, so we get about we get, we get about twenty seconds of him speaking on Philando Castile before he moves on to the real enemy. Here is the mainstream media. Okay, so I, I felt I feel like Deepalm in a way where like <laughs> you're kind of setting me up, and I oh, know yeah. it's gonna be some bullshit, but yeah. I'm just waiting for. Oh, it gets worse. It What's gets, his name? Massage Noir. What's his name? Uh, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. I'll call him uh, Colon, as in you know, like the sh- where I shit out of Colon Noir. <laughs> um, I think it's supposed to be Colin, but fucking Colon. Oh, fuck you. God. You know, oh. Coon Coon Noir. That's his name. Coon Noir. Perfect. Coon Noir. I like it. Go, I'm thinking of Coon Noir. Twitter about how the NRA doesn't care about black gun owners because they haven't said anything about Philando is so disingenuous. It's sad. Philando Castile was a 32-year-old black man with a concealed carry license who was stopped for a broken taillight. I'm a 32-year-old black man with a concealed carry license, and I was stopped two weeks ago. The NRA doesn't need to make a statement about Philando because they gave him his own show. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, you cooting-ass motherfucker. Did he really just say that shit? Fuck you. 100%. What the fuck, man? Oh you're not Philando. You're not Philando Castillo, motherfucker, because you're still alive. Exactly. Exactly. You can't I, say I how much this motherfucker got paid for. Did he get paid for this shit? No, of course. Oh, yeah. I think he's now. He's now their official. How much does it? Yeah, how much does it cost to sell your people out like that, man? He's probably getting in a four-minute video. He's probably getting paid in bullets. You know, because he's a gun enthusiast, so he's probably getting paid. And, oh yeah. I get to fire whatever guns I want, and uh, he's got a ton of videos out there. Like, this is his whole thing. It's just like his whole thing becomes it's the media's fault. And not realizing that, listen, the NRA does not stand up for black people. I've been fighting for gun rights under the NRA brand for years. Y'all just got here. Before I arrived, you said the NRA doesn't have a large black membership because they don't try to reach out to black people. But when the NRA makes me an NRA commentator, socially inept morons like Russell Simmons move the goalposts and say, oh, but we don't believe you. Colin Noir, you're just being used. Then I got my own show well, you are just being used. I mean, that's just the that's just the fact. I mean, you're here and you've turned a video talking about Philando Castillo instead of asking why the you know why the NRA isn't doing more, speaking out more. 
you've you've flipped it into it's the mainstream media's fault for even asking the question. And I highly doubt Russell Simmons is saying his name because I don't think Russell Simmons know who the fuck Colin Colin Noir. Coon Noir. Noir. Nobody knows who the fuck you are anyway. Nobody gives a fuck who you are. Where I had countless black people, gay people, hippies, whites, Mexicans, Asians, you name it. But still, you deflect again and say, now the NRA is just pandering and call me a coon and Uncle Tom when I'm fighting for the same damn rights that Martin Luther King, Huey P. Newton, and Malcolm X fought for. Uh, no, no, I, I, actually, no. <laughs> no, actually, no, you're you're not. Like, what? what? I, mm, mm. I have a dream that one day Colin Noir will come and save us all. Yeah, I had a one. I had a dream one day that this man, Kun Noir, will 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 get a show on YouTube for the NRA, and he'll sit there and talk about the real enemy out there, which is the mainstream media. What the fuck, dude? What the, what the fuck are you? What the fuck? I, it's unbelievable. It gets better though. It gets False better. It gets better. Come on. If any organization acts in a racist manner towards my gun rights, it's you, the national news media, and not the police who actually shoot, shot, you know, and shoot uh, black uh, illegally gun own uh, legal gun owners, right? It's not not them, right? Not no no not them. It's the the mainstream media who's doing. You call that. the NRA racist while in the same breath telling blacks like me that we shouldn't own guns because we can't be trusted to not just kill each other. I have not seen anybody in the mainstream media say blacks shouldn't own guns because we kill each other. Like, I, I have. Where are you getting the information from, sir? I've, I've not. I've, I've not actually seen that. I've seen um, black people say that maybe we shouldn't own guns because organizations in the NRA aren't going to protect us when police shoot legal gun owners. But I haven't seen anybody say that we can't be trusted to own. Gun. Like, where are you getting the information from? Who said that? the fuck amazing man it is truly amazing name one thing the nra does to make it harder for black people to access their second amendment rights uh not stand up for us when we get shot by police <laughs> like like how about I'm that i'm more impressed chris i'm more impressed by how he's able to say this but how many takes did he need to do this four minute if this is four minutes not spliced not edited he did this in one take Hey man, I give him props because oh no, I, like, he's doing look, some real look. bullshit right now. This is amazing. He hasn't smiled not once or broken the character. Look, I, I've been I've been thinking about doing some doing trying to do short videos and things like that, and I realized I'm not a video person. Like I cannot do this because my face betrays me, and I just I'm just, I can't I can't do it. So I got to give a Kun Noir props here for like you said having a straight face. And doing this in one take because this is truly fucking amazing bullshit right here. This is four four minutes and eleven seconds of bullshit, and uh, that is that's a long time to be bullshit and straightforward like that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, name one. You can't because unlike you, the NRA actually fights for my rights, just like it fought for. Sh- did did it, did it fight for Fernando Castile? Good question. Did, did I, it, I'm sure he would have a really good answer for you if you asked him that, Chris. You probably say, yeah. Well, wouldn't it, I mean, I, I, he did. Officer Yanez is, did his job, right? He did his job, right? He pulled out his gun, and then he said, "Hey, get out." What? 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 what even? I don't even remember because that video, it feels like it happened yesterday, but I was I so to, traumatized I, yeah. by it, I almost forgot what, what, what happened. What, what did Yanez say to him? I don't Do remember, remember what he said. I just know he shot him. He shouldn't have. I, I at that point, there you go. I can't remember. Exactly. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. I, it was just like it was exactly. fucking bullshit. Right. Now, don't even matter. Josephine Bird, Otis McDonald, all of them. 
but no one knows who I'm talking about because you ignored those stories the same way you try to ignore me now. The Democratic Party invented gun control after slavery to keep guns out of the hands of black people, and they haven't stopped since. But you don't tell that story either. Then you have the ultimate troller, Don Lemon, attacking Mark Hughes, the young black man who exercised his right to open carry a rifle at the Dallas protest rally for the victimization of black people, asking why he would want those rights. You people fan the flames of racism to sell this tension to your sponsors and then you can't figure out why black people all over America are legally arming up? And you do everything you can to ignore that story. And by the way, where are the facts on Philando Castile's death? Instead of calling NRA racist for not commenting on it, how about you do your job and go find the facts so we can actually have a... Well, the facts were the the, the Facebook video. And just for your record, uh, for... Um, you mean to some other people like Josephine Byrd and people, black people, the, the, the NRA is doing it for. This is basically, uh, from what I know, uh, Josephine Byrd, her, she was, uh, like, her, um, housing conflict, her tenant agreement, lease agreement had the following provision that tenants are not permitted to display or use any firearms, BB guns, pellet guns, and slingshots or other weapons on the premise. So basically, the NRA decided to stand up for these women, this woman's rights because, uh, the, 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 the building she was in, uh, said that, um, they didn't want guns to play. That's what he's talking about. We're actually wondering why the NRA is standing up against the police organization for shooting a, a legal gun owner. Like this, this, this is something the NRA says that they stand for, right? Like when you, the uh, government overreach and, and, and the police are literally government agents have shot a legal gun owner and the NRA is silent. They've done what they've done what the NRA says would lead to blood in the streets and, and the people rising up against the government, which is killing killing legal gun owners. And the NRA is silent. And this motherfucker's talking about this one case that involves a woman who wasn't allowed to have a gun in uh, a tenant building. Like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, you're, you're that that's that that's your thing. Okay, okay. It's another false equivalency. Honest man. dialogue I mean, in this it, country. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. <sighs> All right, let's finish this for the. Oh wait, that doesn't help you sell ad space though. This is sad, man. You want this division. You need the hate. You need a villain. Where were you over the 4th in Chicago when four people died and 51 were wounded? Oh, bingo. He got the shot kids in Chicago. Oh, man. I knew, I was, it. I I was, was, Chris, I knew it was going to happen. I was just waiting for uh, one of the kids in Chicago. Look, and I, he did it. He waited to 30 seconds. We was half court shot. Whoa, whoa. We, were, we was getting there. This is this was a buzzer beater right here. We almost didn't get it in there. I was getting kind of worried. Cause I hadn't gotten this far into the video yet. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is he not going to hit the Chicago aspect of this? He's not going to hit the black on black crime? Of course. He, he didn't let nowhere. you down, Chris. Because that story was utterly predictable. Everyone in the city knew people would die that weekend. The only question was the numbers. How many innocent black people would be alive today if we applied the same level of justice to inner city hellholes that we demand in our lily white suburbs? No one knows. And that must be the way you cowards in the media want it. Yeah, this motherfucker's name is Kuhn uh, Noir because uh, mm -hmm. this motherfucker is stupid as shit. It's fucking stupid. 100%. Um... Yeah, it gets better though. So, uh, you, you, another thing you get from, from them is, uh, the NRA talking about, uh, women. So they use black people and then they also use women as a way. So, so we have this, another video here where the NRA, NRA TV, we're talking about why women own guns and we're talking about why, you know, terrible. 
oh wow, I just fucking. I was trying to figure out what that noise was. I was like, oh, it's thunder out here. Uh, we're about to storm like a motherfucker. Uh, so he, you, get, you get the you get the NRA talking about women's rights, and we stand up for women trying to own guns. And it's, it's another stupid video. So here we go. Okay, come on, come on, come on. With the the opinions of person, this following video are not necessarily effective views of other individual or the organization. Yet it's on NRA TV. Like I, I, I love how they put these little things, these little disclaimers in front of their video, but it's literally on the NRA's uh, uh, official uh, uh, YouTube page, and it's called mm-hmm. NRA TV. But these views do not reflect the opinions of the organization. Like. Like hell, they don't. Another way to protect themselves. They're just such cowards, man. They know what they're doing. They're man. fucking it's... cowards. There's a bunch of fucking cowards. Oh, we're back with Dana uh, Lash too. Oh, she's you know. back. Jeez. Yeah, man. I, lo- I love. We were done with her. Loves to talk about empowering women, but the real litmus test for that is your support for the Second Amendment. Because if you don't support a woman's right to choose to defend herself against a rapist with a firearm, you don't support women. Period. Despite. All right. So, fun fact. Before we get into this, I want to just say this real quick. Most women are raped or assaulted by men they know, usually lovers. So in that case, gun ownership really isn't about protecting yourself. If anything, it becomes a bigger threat if that man gets access to that weapon. So just want to throw that context out there right now because they're going to use a whole lot. Because this is what the NRA does. They they play this victim role for black people and for women and for all these other individual groups. And they ignore the fact that these groups are usually undeniably victims of guns themselves and in the case of women you're usually a victim of a gun in your own house maybe even your own weapon so this idea that women need uh, need guns to protect themselves from rapists goes along the idea of what the right does all the time where they pretend that rape is only stranger danger rape and not from say mm, i don't know your husband or your yep. boyfriend or somebody you know where you wouldn't carry you wouldn't carry a gun, you wouldn't think you need to carry a gun with, or where having a gun means he probably has a gun too, which means he'll probably kill you with that gun. So just want to mm-hmm. throw that out there first because they're gonna go into a whole bunch of bullshit right here and and, and they uh-huh. ignore that very, very important context they never fucking bring up. And they, right before Chris, if you don't mind. Remember yeah. Marissa Alexander in Florida? Uh, no, no, we're, no, don't say that. We're, I'm, I'm, we're, mm, we're good. Mm, okay, mm, got you. Yeah, no, mm, got you on that one. Got you. Already got you on that one. We, we're going to get there. Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Despite the media doing everything possible to tell us that we're not smart enough or capable enough to use firearms, millions upon millions of women are purchasing guns, signing up for carry permits, and defending their lives and their families' lives. in terms of uh, the market for gun safety training and training to acquire a concealed pistol license. Uh, Nowadays, my classes are at least uh, half women. If you go to any local shooting range, you'll see plenty of women uh, target shooting or participating in competitions and um, uh, more and more are hunting. But I think the, the biggest increase has been the simple recognition of the right of self-defense. Also, uh, I want to know how many of those women are getting self-defense or training, learning how to shoot a weapon because their husband knows how to shoot a weapon and they're fucking afraid of their fucking husband. You NRA douchebags. Mm-hmm. Protection. I uh, feel safe. Yeah. I think most women would say their worst fear 
is to be raped. I mean, it's a terrifying thing that women have to live with. And a lot can happen in the 10 minutes after you call the cops. Yeah, okay, sure. But again, most rapes happen when women are their most vulnerable, when they're not literally tooled up and at their heightened sense of, of what's going on. You know, either exactly. they've been out partying, um, they're around people that they know, uh, and somebody has avenged them that way. And that's not to say that women, when they're out partying, like, again, it's, it's like when, um, uh, I can't remember which, which dumb GOP, uh, senator said this, but after the shooting at, uh, the, the baseball practice was like, well, I'm gonna, I gotta carry, I'm gonna start carrying my weapon all around myself. I'm like, so if you were playing baseball at baseball practice, you would be carrying a gun at that point? That doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't do that. Same thing happens with women. It's like this idea that, oh, well, women get drunk and maybe you just shouldn't get drunk anymore. So women can't go out there and enjoy life and have fun. Like the idea that you need to be tooled up at every point of your life makes no fucking sense. Like it's not realistic. I, I'm going to go to the beach. So what are you going to do? You're going to get a, you're going to hold it. You're going to, you're going to be strapped up when you go to the beach. Like this idea that, well, if you only had a gun, then this wouldn't have happened. Like what? If I need a gun at every part of my, at every point where I go everywhere in my life, this isn't a safe place. This isn't the wild, wild fucking West. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't need to be tooled up every fucking time. So just, mm, just drives me fucking crazy. Baby, can I please get a dispatcher out here? Are your doors locked? Yes, I've got two guns in my hand. Is it okay to shoot him if he comes in the store? I can't tell you that you can do that, but you do what you have to do to protect your baby. I'm 5'1 and a half and less than 110 pounds, I'll say. And every man's going to be bigger than me and they're going to be stronger than me. I can take all the self-defense classes I want. I can spend three years in Krav Maga. Uh, He still stands a really good chance of hurting me. And a firearm is the only thing that equalizes me against somebody that weighs, let's say, 100 pounds more than me. I can't judo or... That also assumes that you have time to have that gun. That also assumes they don't have a bigger gun. That assumes Mm -hmm. you even hit them. That assumes they don't take the gun from you. That assumes a lot. Like... You know, it's something that I used to bring up and they make up a good point about, you know, women's self-defense classes. I, I remember when I used to use a coach, um, with some women, they were like, oh, I'm taking Krav Maga so I can learn self-defense and stuff. And I, and I looked at her one day. I was like, that's not going to help you. Like, I was like, look at you. You're, you're no, no, I mean, just no bullshit. You're five, two. What are you going to do if I was to attack you? Now, granted, if you spend your entire life becoming like the greatest MMA fighter in the world, you can probably defend yourself. But most cases, if I was to come and literally use my weight and my body against you as you are right now, you're not going to know. And and again, you're not going to spend the time that becomes a world champion athlete on that. You're not going to be able to do that. And I, I told her that I was like, I'm not telling you this to stop you from going. I'm not telling you this from not doing this, but you need to be fully aware of your capabilities and what that means. This is not going to stop somebody. Be you're not going to be able to stop most men physically from being able to do that. That's just not even before. Even before we get to the one that I just mentioned before, we'll we'll get to that. But um, remember Christy Mack when she got uh, fucking almost yeah basically left to die from War Machine yeah and. Uh, what was she supposed to do against the fucking USC dude on steroids? Fucking crazy. He owned a whole bunch of shit, and he was trying to kill her, clearly, and her friend. 
And basically, she should have died, but somehow, by the grace of God, she was able to escape. And luckily, she's still alive, and yeah. he's in jail now. But what the fuck was she supposed to do against him? There's nothing. Put him in a fucking right. I don't know. There, there's there's nothing you can do. Like that's like, and I don't say that to stop people from going. And I'm not saying those classes are, are pointless. I'm not saying they won't. I'm pretty sure at some point they've saved some somebody, some woman's life at some point. But you also need. I I had to tell that woman that because she had an unrealistic expectation of what that class was going to be able to do. I was like, at that point that you're in a physical uh, confrontation with a man, it's survival at that point. Like, this is not, it's, it's different from what's in class, different from what they're telling you. They're out here telling you, oh, you scratch his eyes and you kick him in the balls and you do all that stuff. Like, everything's scripted. It doesn't work that way in real life. The same can apply to a gun. And this is my, my problem the entire time with the way they teach, you know, gun ownership for, for protection. It's like, like, when I get a car, I have to get a license. I have to show I have proficiency with that car. To get a gun in America, you do not have to do that. I, I want to get a motorcycle. I have to, I have to sign up for a class. I have to show proficiency with that motorcycle before I can drive a motorcycle, right? Um, for a gun, you don't have to do that. So when people go, oh, well, no, I'm getting a gun for protection. How? If somebody breaks into your house, you're scared. You're trying to protect yourself, maybe a family, stuff like that. You have to find the gun. You have to load the gun. You have to be able to point it at the person, shoot. The, like, this is stuff that we've seen cops can't fucking do. All right? Exactly. How many times yeah. have we seen people that are trained to be sh- good shots they can't even shoot fucking straight. They can't even de- they, they can't even determine what's a threat and what's not a threat. But you, Mister or Mrs. You know Joe Blow in America, who's fucking scared shitless and probably pissing your fucking pants and never shot your gun before because you you bought a gun, but there's no requirement for you to stay proficient with that gun. So you had a gun in your fucking nightstand that you haven't shot in like you know five years since you fucking bought it. You're supposed to pull that gun out now and shoot a person in the dark who's coming into you. Are you fucking serious right now? That's not going to happen. And here, and, and, and this is where this is where it really drives me fucking insane with the NRA. The NRA fights against any kind of aspect saying that people should have to have some proficiency in the guns that they have. I am not anti-gun. I, I think people have guns for like I'm even one of those people that say it doesn't even be for hunting. Some people just like shooting guns. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I know there's some people on the left who don't they like ban guns. I'm not one of those guys. But I do think that you need to display some kind of proficiency with that fucking weapon, particularly if you're going to tell me you're going to get it for fucking self-defense. In that case, you need to go to class. Hell yeah. You need to show that you know how to do this. But here's the thing. You don't have to do that to have a gun. So when the NRA puts all these fucking videos out about, well, this is for women and women are trying to learn how to do self-defense. And we have self Yeah, they're not mandated, though. You're showing the women that have gone out there or the men that have gone out there and taken these classes. Here's the thing. Most gun owners don't do that. I can go out today, tomorrow, after waiting a wait period, I can get a fucking gun, never shoot it in my life until I need to use it. And I won't know how to fucking use it. Mm-hmm. There's no requirement from that. And the NRA fights against that. They fight against uh, uh, child safety locks. Um, the NRA is the biggest... Um, uh, a group that stands against and has stood against um, having um, smart guns. Like they actually, they actually almost they boycotted 
uh, Smith and Wesson, because Smith and Wesson, after being sued all this time, decided they were going to try to make a, a smart gun, and the NRA was like, oh, fuck that. You're not going to, that's going to, that's just another stripe down a slippery slope of the government interfering and taking away gun ownership rights. And so they fought again and actually boycotted Smith and Wesson. All right? That's amazing. Like, it, it, it the, the, when you, there's a, oh, let me see if I can find, I have an article about here with the money in there. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go back into this, going back to the w- women, and again, just like the Philando Castile, Marissa Alexander. Yep. All right. She fired a warning shot above her. Uh, I think it was her husband at the time who she felt was threatening yep. her. And there are different things about the case where people say, well, maybe she shouldn't, whatever. She was trying to claim the standard ground law, which is the law that NRA backed. You remember the standard yep. law ground from such great cases as uh, Trayvon Martin, you know, did a stand up job there. Um, and the That's NRA, uh, actually, not only did the NRA not back Mercer Alexander in this, you have a lot of gun owners that went around their back trying to, trying to claim that she's not a good case for this and literally slandering this woman trying to explain why she should have been. I think they put her, tried to put her in jail for like second degree murder, even though uh, attempted murder for like 20 years. Nobody died. Yeah. Nobody died. She fired a warning shot. She was put into jail. She got out, but she was put into jail for attempted murder. Did the NRA fight to, to save uh, this gun owner and, and, and this woman that was standing her ground and protecting herself? No. Even though nobody died, no, the NRA did not because he's a black woman. Exactly. And I, I was just going to say that, but I was just waiting for you to say it. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. We're on the same page. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so when, you know, when, 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 uh, when, when, when Coon, Coon, what, what's his name, uh, tried to tell us that the NRA stands for black people, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, not, not when, you know. Yeah. Um, interesting thing before we move on, because uh, uh, we I, I got 15 minutes and cut a lot of stuff out. I know, man. But um, sure. I want to I, I want to <laughs> go into, you know, again, why the NRA is a fucking terrorist organization that is funded by uh, American white races. The yep. uh, the, let's see, in 20, 2013, I believe they got they they bring they brought in three hundred fifty million dollars. The majority of this money is funds the NRA incentives like member uh, newsletters, sporting events, and gun safety education training programs. But these these also help the new members to spread this pro gun message, but influence laws and keep the chosen leaders in power. As a separate pool of money to use, uh, a CNN a CNN money analyst analysis of federal campaign finance records show that much of this money comes from everyday Americans. These contributions, which the NRA uses to keep pro gun makers in law, are on the rise. Um. And and again, they still do get money from uh, the the uh, gun manufacturers as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, they work hand in hand with it. So th- this idea that oh well, no, we're ju- we're just about the uh, we're just about the everyday man. No, no, you're also doing the work of the gun manufacturers, and the gun manufacturers know not to get on the bad side of the NRA. So the NRA is literally doing this, and and again, all these you you never you always see the NRA talking about oh well, we don't support. Um, really gun control leg- legislation and you know uh, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun what the NRA never tells you is a lot of those bad guys with the guns used to be NRA good men with guns and support the NRA yeah. so because that's the thing about you know that, that's the thing about uh, 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 a, a gun owner a, a, a bad gun owner a bad gun owner at one point was a good gun owner. A lot of these weapons that we they they get, they get in, they've got in because there is no real regulations on 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 these weapons, and they're legally owned weapons. 
And nothing, there's nothing there to stop these people from getting weapons because people like the NRA says, if you stop that person from getting a gun, then this person over here who, who's just a slow, a buying citizen won't be able to get a gun. So no, we just got to let it open for everybody else. Um, and, and, and again, it's becoming like almost a religion. Some of the top donors in this, uh, of the, 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 some of the top donors of, to the NRA, they're not, they're, they're like regular people. Like the top 10 yeah. donors in this list are a computer programmer, retired publisher and his wife. Uh, so the computer programmer over the last 10 years, and I think he's almost topped out and I think there's a $51,000 limit, uh, $51,000 limit in, in 11 years, or maybe it's in 10 years. That's your limit. You, you can contribute to, um, political, um, to PACs. Uh, yeah. This computer programmer has donated fifty thousand dollars in ten years. He gives ten to fifteen percent annually of his salary to the NRA. That's tithing. He thinks this is a fucking religion. Oh yeah, this is the commitment to white supremacy. The commitment to, you know, keeping that racism intact for as long as possible because they're the ones they know they're the only ones who get protected by this shit. They know, and that's why Trevor Noah fucking put this shit in a nice bow. And did a great job. I think it was like a week and a half ago on the mm-hmm. show. He he really summarized that shit perfectly. Where it doesn't extend their rights and protections. They don't extend to black people. Period. And that's how he finished his uh his segment. And I'm proud that he did that for sure. Yeah, he they, he did a great job. They, they don't like the NRA will fight. They fight against things that you we, we shouldn't need. They fight against silencers. What the fuck, man? Like uh, you don't need a silencer to hunt, uh, unless you're hunting people. So so what wow. so what so what is the what is, so what what is the what is the logic behind that? You don't need sil- like nothing they do. They're against um again smart weapons because again they're like well you know smart guns you got to put your pen in there and and when 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 the time is right and you need to, and, and 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 somebody's broken into your home and you you need to react really quickly you can't remember your pen you can't do that. So let me get this right. You can't remember your pen, but you're gonna remember to load your weapon, point the weapon at a person in the dark, and shoot this person and defend yourself like. Like, are you, if you're going to tell me that, that the, the, the lonely house mom who, who, you know, who, who doesn't shoot on a regular basis exactly. is going, is going to have enough steely reserve to, to, to pull the gun out of the nightstand, make sure it's loaded and point out and defend her, her cubs. You're going to tell me that she can do that. You can't then tell me that she's also not going to be able to remember her fucking pen number. To turn her to turn her smart weapon on, you can't like that doesn't make any sense because like remember a pin or literally fight off intruders into your home. These are two different things here. Like one is way harder than the other. If she can do one, she can definitely remember a fucking pin number. You would think, right? Oh, it's, it's just it's fucking disgusting to me. You know, the NRA literally keeps doing this. They present themselves. And black people like that fucking coon just drive me it's like, like the NRA is not on your side. Like I'd be all down for a black, you know, uh, a gun organization that, that really looked out for black gun owners. I'd be all down for that. But that is not the NRA. They have done everything in their power to present themselves as friends of the uh, law enforcement. And they'll pick law enforcement over black people every fucking day. No matter they'll, what, they'll, no, they'll pick. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no opportunity that they would not protect themselves and and protect the police over a fucking Corinne Gaines or Marissa Alexander or any of these black women who just get erased like that. They will always have the police's back, no matter what. Even if all the circumstantial evidence proves contrary, they will always 
protect them. They'll never have our backs. So we yeah. gotta stop fucking thinking that they will, because they won't. They fucking that won't. Sense to every black person on this earth, man. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's crazy. It, it, it's one of those things that just drives me fucking crazy. And like, it, it, it when you see how. How, how how manipulative they are about this. They're presenting themselves, oh, we're just here for every, everyday person and we're just doing it for everybody. No, no you're fucking mm-hmm. not. And, and it's so obvious you're not. You you never see them, you, you don't even see them coming out and, and really working for, like, let's be honest here. Like, the white, number of white supremacists that the United States military creates is staggering. And you will yeah. never see the NRA really take a stand against letting people uh, with PTSD or anything like that, or any kind of mental illness, stop getting guns. They th- again, they view it as, oh, well, you're you're infringing on our Second Amendment right. Like they, honestly, the NRA will pick the will pick the Second Amendment over the First Amendment any fucking day. Of course, of course. You kidding me? That's 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 like automatic. That's an automatic. Yeah. It. It's just disgusting to me. It's fucking. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna move on. They've shown themselves to be who they are, so we just have to fucking believe it. We can't get caught up in the sugar coating. They're quit. They're pretty transparent in regards to how they present themselves. But as you said, a lot of people buy into the hype and they buy into the hyperbole and they see those videos and like, hmm, maybe MRA has a point. That you can't get caught up in that shit. You have to understand. Look at the facts. Don't forget Marissa Alexander. Don't forget Corinne Gaines. Don't forget any of these black women who were killed by the police yeah. and who never stood a chance. That woman was holding her baby and her hand. I remember seeing that video. And then all of a sudden the video cuts off once you see the fucking police with the whole fucking military gear. He's fucking National Guard protected up. Mm-hmm. He walks in, thing closes. Why did it close? Did Facebook have something to do with it? I don't know. All I know is that woman was fucking murdered in cold blood in front of her child. Her child's never going to have a mother no more. <laughs> Marissa Alexander lost, what, six years of her life? It was half a dozen mm-hmm. years she spent in jail for what? Because yep. she didn't get extended the same exact stand your ground law in Florida as George Zimmer. But you know you know who the NRA does stand up for? Clive and Bunny and them. <laughs> Funny how that works. Funny oh, how that works. Man. All right, I got to cut. Like, there were a couple emails we got. I'm going to read them next week. Uh, some of them were just too long. So if you send me an email in, I know there were a couple of... Um, Things that really involved, uh, uh, do you even sci-fi, bro? We are running so far behind. Like, I, I've already told the people that are doing the CBBC that I'm running like 15 minutes late. Um, so I'm going to read those emails next week. Uh, keep sending them in. Sure. I am going to go through, uh, do you even sci-fi, bro? One, cause there is a really good one here. I'm cutting down to only one this week. Um, and we might not even do, we're not even going to do a great moments of white privilege. Uh, I did have a good one. We're going to say that for next week as well. Um, again, this sure. NRA stuff, which is, it was just too big. Like I cut out the healthcare I stuff. Know. Like, but the NRA stuff just—it drove me fucking crazy. Because not lying, though, this is a, this this is a terrorist fucking organization. They are meant to terrorize anyone who doesn't, who isn't white, on the right, or at least submits to those two. Like that is literally what they are. And I'm tired of fucking playing games with these motherfuckers. And it's disgusting when you go into how much the NRA has made. You know, uh, 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 the United States, the gun country that it fucking is. It is fucking absurd. Exactly. They fight against every simple, I mean, like, common sense gun laws. There's always some, the reason why we don't have common sense gun laws in this, and common sense gun laws doesn't mean taking guns away. Because, look, 
The cat's out of the fucking bag. America's always going to have guns. You're not taking your guns away. It's not going to fucking happen. But the NRA stands against everything like that. And they, they ignore all the white supremacy attacks or they'll turn into, well, if the kids and, if, you know, if the kids just had guns, like, yes, if, if the teachers in Newtown just had guns, oh yeah, that's what I want. I want, I, I want the, I want the teacher who is sitting there annoyed to death by the sound of children to go, oh, well, I got a gun now, so there is a way to stop this from talking. Yeah, that's what I want. Exactly. I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have, we have, we have teachers that rape kids in schools. But you want to say, let's arm the teachers. Oh, yeah, that's fucking brilliant, you fucking jackasses. Anyway. Yeah, it's very logical. Yeah, makes you sense. know what I'm saying? That's, that's exactly what they should do to yeah. fix that situation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah it, may, it makes sense. Yeah. makes sense. makes sense. Yeah. Sure. All right. Moving on. In trouble with the law? Getting a divorce? Having custody problems? Then you might need a lawyer. If you're in the D.C. and Maryland area, then we have just a law firm for you. The pool law firm is located in Silver Spring, Maryland, and it handles criminal law, family law, and personal injury. Susan Barry and Troy Poole are excellent attorneys in the Maryland, D.C. area. And even if you don't need a lawyer now, you might need one in the future or know someone who does. So spread the word and contact them. You can contact them at www.thepoollawfirm.com. That's pool with an E, P-O-L-E, lawfirm.com. Or you can give them a call at 301-585-3014. Let them know that Chris from the MTR Network sent you. Now, back to the show. All right. All right. It is time for Do You Even Sci-Fi, Bro? Again, I had several articles on this one today, uh, just like last week, but we're running out of time. So I'm just going to do just one. And it's enough to make me go, what the fuck is wrong, people? Um, This artificial womb concept lets you grow a baby in your house. Chris, I was, did I send that to you? You might have, but I, I think several people sent me this one, but I, I, I I'd already seen it. I'd already seen it. I'd already, like, I, I normally don't put out the show notes until the day before. This one has been in the show notes since last, since, since, since it came out. I was just like, oh, no, no, this is just fucking ridiculous. A new concept for an artificial womb has offered an interesting glimpse at what the future of baby making could look like, depicting an incubator that operates from outside of the parents' home. The concept shows how similar products may be the future of surrogacy and pregnancy, according to creators, creators of futurism. It depicts a, a retrofuturistic incubator shaped like an egg, complete with a t- transparent shell, which allows the development developing fetus to, to be fully view- viewable. And alongside this incubator, futurism has uh, also showed a conceptualized a slow in which uh, in which food of the parent can be distributed into the artificial womb while they can communicate with the unborn baby using a separate microphone. This microphone allows the user to communicate with the baby that they are devel- as they are developing. Um, look here. Um, and again, this is something that, that's happened before. We've seen, uh, like I think it was last year, uh, mm-hmm. um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia managed to simply grow a, a lamb in a, in a bag. You know, uh, and, okay, so, so on the surface, on the surface, you know, for women out there who have to literally get cut up or push out a giant ass human being outside of their body, hey, this sounds like a viable thing. Um, but for me, because I watch my sci-fi, uh, this is exactly the plot line from uh, the invasion of the body snatchers. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, this is oh yeah, that 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 baby's coming out of that incubator, a cyborg, and gonna fuck you up, and ain't nothing you can do about it. That baby's gonna have superhuman strength. And- that baby's gonna be able to talk and tell you and manipulate your mind into thinking that this is normal, and then come behind your back and 
stab you and then oh I, man, I just, I just I, so, I, I'm not looking forward to that. I just have so many questions. I mean, this is like so so like okay, so you have the little your baby incubator in the living room. Like, is that like something you talk about at like Super Bowl parties? Like, oh wow, yeah, there's a little there's a little Johnny over there. He's like he's growing in the corner. <laughs> Check up on him, you know. We just start we just started growing him two weeks ago. <laughs> he's almost done. <laughs> like, what 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 is that shit? Like, what what is that? Um, what happens if it fails? Thank you. It's not a man. Like, Come again, on, man. I'm not a woman. We are two men here talking on the show. I cannot yes. speak on miscarriages or anything like that. But something tells me literally looking at a miscarriage happen in a egg-shaped incubator in your fucking living room is probably not healthy for your mental health. I would say no. I'd um, say no. Yeah. What happens if it, uh, you have a brownout? Can you imagine that? Like, your power literally goes out until you're literally like... Oh my god! Um, my kid is in the incubator. You know, like what's going on? They have like a baby generator you can attach. To right, you gotta have a little baby so generator. If you lose your electricity, yeah. everything is still okay for a couple hours. Yeah, like oh, I just don't understand. Um, I I just have so many questions about how this is work and why we want this to work. Like this is honestly, this literally sounds like one of those um, futuristic uh, society things where rich white women. Don't want to, you know, go through the idea of childbirth, so they literally have an incubator in their living room to grow their own little mini me's. Like I, this is just like this is fucking terrible idea. Everything from this is just it goes downhill from here. I, I just, what the fuck? I guess I just saw, I just saw the picture of the baby lamb in the bio bag, dude. And, it, yeah. Dude, what the fuck, man? They grow Whoa. a lamb in a bag. They grow a lamb in a bag. Like we're not are we, are we not going to talk about this? They grow a lamb in a bag. Oh man, yo, that. Oh my god, not, are, are we going to do this now? Are we going to do this next? It's like you go to the grocery store, but it's a baby store, and you just go in there, pick your pick your baby off the off the rack. It's like, hey, you want a little black baby? Here you go. What do you want? You want him to have this and grab a baby off the rack and you throw them in your incubator like why not why can't you come with pre-packaged human babies now like you know how you know how you used to have like chia pets oh you can have chia humans now it's, you know just just add Chris, water you literally just called it you know how angelina jolie always adopts these kids and she's been growing them in bags have to go to the store she's been growing the grocery store and pick been, them up black baby right there boom. are we even sure she hasn't already started doing this are we sure that she's even <laughs> actually adopted any kid and angelina jolie hasn't actually been growing kids in bags i'm just she might be growing black baby there might be a, a legal black baby farm out there at you know angelina jolie's house come on we already know her father is a fucking supervillain. john voight oh is a God. fucking he is a fucking That's crazy true. nutcase i'm just saying this is perfect that this is a fucking sci-fi movie going on right here and i am not down with this this is fucking insane people have lost their goddamn minds we're not growing babies in fucking incubators. What the fuck, people? Have we learned nothing? This is worse than robots. It's like worse than robots. It is. So we're talking about an underground black market baby making. Oh my god! Wow. It, I, I don't know. Oh my god! They're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna start having. Oh my god! They're gonna get robots to also take care of this. Oh, this is all bad. All this is going downhill. They're going to have robots taking care of your incubated babies and the robots are going to be generating a little Sith bait. Like it's just this is just fucking terrible. I'm so disgusted by this right now. Let's, let's get this right now. Yeah, just no, going to do this. Uh, do this. No. No thanks. All right. Um again, we're cutting everything else short here. Let's get into the Black Woman shout out. I did have a Black Woman shout out. I'm going to wait for next week on this one because I actually know that um uh your girl does some stuff. 
Uh, yeah. your lady, your lady has some sure. stuff. So I want you to go ahead and shout out what your um what your lady is doing, and that'll be the black woman shout out for the day. And uh, I killed two yeah, birds with stones. So there you go. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. So um yeah, my girl, she does on Instagram. Um, if you check her out, it's uh like Alexandra, but it's X A N D R A Jackson, Zandra Jackson, uh, on uh, Instagram. She does uh, portraits and paintings and art and photography. Uh, she just did a painting of Solange's cover for uh, Seat at the Table, the album cover. It's super dope, and I don't know how the hell she did it. She just did it last night. Um, she's whole, all into the art thing, so check her out for sure. And, uh, yeah, she's my black woman shout-out. She's my boo. She's my partner. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. I hope she doesn't cry when she hears this, but it's the truth. I'm keeping it real, Chris. I'm nah. keeping it real. That's my girl. And uh, shout-out to Black Love. You know what I'm saying? That's where it's all at. And uh, like I said, thank you for, um, thank you for letting me uh, shout her out for sure. Yeah, no problem, man. Like I said, I figured that was going to be a fallback. I knew this show might run over and I was like, oh, if it falls back, I'll, I'll just do that. But, um, uh, thank you very much, man. Thank you for being on, um, your Twitter is, uh, Rich Jones is at Rich Jones. Uh, what is uh, your yeah, 15, uh, 15. There we go. At Rich Jones yeah, 15 on sure. Twitter. Uh, I know you, yeah. when, when, when you, uh, when you guys start your podcast, let me know. So we can definitely put it out there thank on you, this. I want to thank you for being on. This is great. Uh, getting the international perspective on how yeah, fuck man. America is right now as a, <laughs> as a nation, and I appreciate that. I, I, re- I really hey, do. Um, so thank you, man. I, I would lo- I would love to be the international correspondent. Shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to you know. Shout out to Ron and Karen. Shout out to Nick, Drew, and Reggie. Shout out to everybody. D Palm, the whole circuit. I appreciate you guys. You guys have no idea how important your work is and your contributions. It means a lot. Even all the way up here. With all these polar bears and hockey and <laughs> maple yeah. syrup and shit. Yeah, you, you guys got, you guys got, you guys got. I call them uh, white lance hurts and uh, yeah, polar Duh. bears. I do not fuck with I that shit. Stay as far away as possible. Man. Yeah, I don't fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, again, folks, you guys can support us. Go to Insanity Check on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. Um, please sign up for MTR Premium. Uh, this is how we actually we've been doing so well. We had to uh, get a dedicated. They get a dedicated server for the site now, uh, which is a good good problem to have. But that costs money, so please, please, please yeah. sign up for MTR Premium account. We have a lot of premium shows coming out there. There's a lot of stuff there. If you're a premium member and you're wondering where the old shows are, make sure you log into your account and go find the old 2015 and 2016 archive feed. That's where all the old shows mm-hmm. are. Um, so please sign up for that. I just put out a Hell No Cube with myself and uh, uh, Aaron from Black Astronauts Podcast. Just went up yesterday Ooh, nice. on Friday. So listen to that. It was a great show. Talk about um, his support system, his wife, his daughter. It's a really great show. So please listen to that. Bad, um, and support, like I said, the $8 a month goes a long way to helping us get where we, are, where we need to be at. Uh, we keep doing this. I'll be able to give each show its own budget, which is a great way, again, to get us going forward, to getting us what we need to get. You can also please go to the store. MTR Network uh, dot uh, store dot MTR Network dot net. Uh, please go there, buy the shirts. We got five more designs coming out soon. Also, please check out Zoo Design Works. Uh, that is Jamie. He's the one that did all the the, the shirt designs for us on the site. It's been Amazing. great. He's he's Amazing. the guy I fall back on. He still has prints for um, Negrocron prints that are up there. I think he's going to be making shirts soon. So check out his work as well. Uh, again, all that stuff helps shopping on our Amazon store. Uh, again, we'll, we'll have some other stuff. Uh, hopefully I'll be putting the little, uh, the drops in with some of the other advertisers we have there. All that stuff helps. But again, the biggest things are the store and MTR premium. Please sign up for both of those uh, and, um, support us there. 
Uh, again, folks, thanks. Thank you guys very much for listening. Rich, thank you very much for joining me. Till next time, folks, we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Oh, when we get the music playing. There we go. (laughs) Now we're gone. Peace.